tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to another episode of Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Yeah, I feel good. Feel good. I'm feeling good, man. We just recorded a great episode. I can't wait to you guys to fucking hear it. 2021 is fucking fuego, bro. Fuego. We're on fire. Joining me, as always, is my partner in crime, the man, the, the punto. <laughs> Xavier Guerrero, what's up? What's up, buddy? I'm chilling, feeling good, man. Tell me, about, tell me about what's going on in the world of we don't smoke the same. A lot of smoking. Uh, we just released a new episode. We go live on Saturdays, and we might start going on Thursdays. So oh shit, doubling, down. doubling up. What do you guys talk about on there? Um, millennial shit. There's a. Uh, I was just telling you, if you're into Pokemon, we what, just do you had guys a... cry about your feelings the whole time? A little bit. Shut up. Only we're one guy does. We're high as fuck and we're sensitive. <laughs> Where can they find it? Uh, on YouTube, any podcast app. And uh, yeah, check us out. Subscribe. Leave a, leave a rate. Check it out. Check it out. And then on the ones and twos, he's a man. He works hard. If you love the shows, without him, there are no shows because he edits every racial slur I yell <laughs> out. My good friend, Johnny Woodard. What's happening, brother? <laughs> Johnny, I love this new radio voice brother, you got. What's happening, brother? How Johnny, uh, Broken Sim just came out. People yes, are talking about yes, it. Yes, It's on fire. It's okay. on fire. Audio's out. Video will be out today. Johnny, uh, we got a new show. It's I called edit some things out. Greatest of All Time. The it's available. greatest of all time. It's available exclusively on Rockfin. Rockfin. We basically talk about what's happening in the world of sports, sports and show. then we break down the greatest of all time, whatever it might be. We yeah, have- Sam has this obsession with Mount Rush Rushmoreing things, and we. Uh, By the way, you made it, it into a, a verb. I love that. Rushmoreing things. Yeah, it kind of works, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. No, we'll discuss it. Well, you send us a number. Send our, send us a thing you want us to talk about. We'll talk about it on the show. Uh, Broken Simulation, and also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Broken Simulation. We had uh, like 40 bonus minutes of the, uh, the pod this week. Bonus it was, uh, yeah, it was good. And if you want to just watch the episodes, they're at youtube.com slash Sam Triple Comedy, although I. That may change in the future. Uh, we so. don't know. We're working yeah. on it. But by the way, guys, guess what else is on that? My new investment show called Cash Daddies. Okay? Great name. It's Cash Daddies. It's basically a comedy investment show. I'm learning how to invest with friends who invest. It's, it's my co-host, uh, Howie Dewey. Yeah, that's his real name. And we're from the 607 for life. And we just discuss... Um, you know how to invest the markets and all that stuff. I'm not really a stock guy, but I want to learn about more about crypto, more about gold and silver, and why. You know, you learned I, anything yet, dude? I've learned a lot already. So my buddy Chris Neff's coming on, and he's bro. Have you heard of this uh, Reddit subreddit called um? Wall Street beats. Uh, he, Wall Street bets. Yeah. Wall Street bets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have. We're gonna talk about that. It's, it's crazy. Supposedly crazy. It right? is crazy, dude. People have lost. Everything, massive people have 
earned and lost fortunes on that thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. They have a cut where it's like a guy says, invest all your money in agricultural stocks. And then right below it, I lost all my money. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your text threads with your friends from back home. I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So go check it out. It's called Cash Daddies. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a spiritual podcast, which I think is more important than ever. And it is available exclusively on Rockfin. Go to R-O-K-F-I-N.com. It's called Zero, and I put up two episodes a week. Now, let's say, dude, you're like, Sam, you got some of that show. Right? You say that. Guess what? You want to get the grace of all time? You want to get Zero? Dude, it, It's Rockfin is the Netflix of premium content. By the way, uh, it's rockfin.com slash greatest. That's going to be the URL I for that. I love that, it's already dude. Rockfin.com slash greatest. Check it out. But, dude, 10 bucks, you subscribe that, subscribe that. That's the beauty of the thing. Now, if you like Patreon, which I love, or subscribe star, but mostly Patreon, I have the tinfoil hat. Uh, I have the tinfoil hat. Uh, Patreon's there. Go to patreon.com slash tinfoil hat. And I also, we ha- I do a show with Brian Callen. And I mean, this dude is just taking L's. <laughs> I mean, just taking L's. Has he gotten you on anything yet that you'll concede? No, usually sometimes what I'll do, I'll be like, man, I might be wrong on that, Brian. I think you might have won oh. that. And then the next episode, we'll, we'll wa- look at the comments from the episode. And they're like, they're like no, Sam, you're right. <laughs> Brian was wrong again. The only cap, the only lowercase w Callan got was gravity. And that's just because Sam wasn't like super no, like, about it. No, but he lost that too. There's no such thing as a gravity. Anti-gravitational machine. It is a plane that drops. So yeah. when it's dropping, you're just at zero? Yeah. What do you mean there's no such thing as anti-gravity? Okay, machine? that's a different show. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> that's so, con- that's so enticing. Yeah, this, check dude. out the show. Tim, yeah. uh, you like shirts? Ch- show them your shirt, dude. Oh, right here. Look at that shirt. That sure is awesome. That's a swarm trooper shirt. Stand up that, just a little bit. Actually, stand up a little bit. Stand up. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Look at that. That's a that's a good looking shirt. Uh, if you're a part of the swarm and you want to represent, get a swarm trooper shirt. Go to tinfallhatttshirts.com. Limited and stock on Trumpzilla. Yeah, look, Trumpzilla is almost done. Grab it now. So, so uh, one more time, I want to talk about something. The tech lords are after us. You know, the cops got my gun. I'm on the run, right? We're running, dude. We're running. And they're coming after us. On on January 19th, the two strikes or the strike strike that they gave my channel is gone. Okay? And I'm back in in the good graces. But eventually you're going to come for it. I don't don't really want to put Tim Fall Hat, this show, on YouTube anymore. We're, we're working out right now a way to do clips on there, tiny clips that don't violate anything that YouTube. Because unfortunately right now, even though it's dwindling, it's still the main street of video, you know, di- digesting. People digest videos and watch videos on YouTube right now. So you do a little there. You can find Tinfoil Hat in all of its glory on Rockfin right now. It's available for free on Rockfin. Tinfoil Hat will always be for the people and it will be always free and again Sam Tripoli is about samtripoli.com is a week away from finally being uh, fully functional so that's where we're at man so I will always put out YouTube I will always put out tinfoil hat videos it's just I'm not going to waste my time on YouTube it's just useless so we'll put out the full episode so we're going to put out small clips like 30 minute clips and that's just what's going to happen. And 
It's like we all got to start realizing like what we're into can't be isn't mainstream. They don't want us. They don't want this knowledge out. So you're going to have to simply go to your address. Do this for me. Open a new address bar. All right. This is all I'm asking you to do. Go to your address bar. Put in R-O-K-F-I-N dot com. All right. Done. Okay. Hit hit enter. Shows up. A new page. Look at that. Then you go to discover content. That's so easy. Then you type in. Tin foil hat, so which you've easy. done a thousand times. Add it to your times. favorites. You don't even have to type it in anymore if you add it to your favorites. Look how easy that is. Put some. The presentation. Get on a platform that doesn't despise you. YouTube yeah. despises you. It despises its users. It hates all of us. You know this, and you complain about YouTube, yet you go there because you're in the BDSM, okay? <laughs> you like to be fucking tied up, ball gag, with, with Horse butt plugs in you, okay? You got to go to a different website, man. And you know what? They have an app. You can find a Rockfin app. Go there. Everybody's there. Whitney Webb's there. Uh, Isaac Wysip's there. Uh, uh, Jimmy Dore's there. Uh, Jason Burmey's there. Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wilson's there from the Conspiracy Farm. He's there. They're all there. They're all your favorites are moving over there. And it's just not only conspiracies. It's There's not. sports, Sport. wrestling, There's, MMA, you name it, they got it. They got it. And, dude, it's growing. So, you know, it's just like you got to go that where it sports show. I'm also available on Odyssey right now. That's How does it spell? O-D-Y-S-E-E. Go check that out. They're up and coming. They're up and coming. So... And they got wonderful, like, blockchain technology. It's all where you just got to get uncomfortable. You got to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable, okay? That's 2021. Uncomfortable with uncomfortable. That's where you got to go with. Uh, did we miss anything? Uh, yes. You oh. will be at Good yes. Nights. I'm doing, a, I'm doing some more shows. I will be at Good Nights in what city, dude? Raleigh. Raleigh, North Carolina, February what is it, 18th through, the, through 20th. the 20th, okay? And I will also be in, and I'm working on, I will be in Phoenix, and that's in April, April 22nd through the 20, uh, April 22nd through the 24th. So that's it. I'm working on possibly doing a show in Austin. I will let everybody know if that happens in February. Uh, so that's it, man. That's the show. We have an awesome show here, okay? Who's our guest, Johnny? Mark. Mike Juan. Mike Juan. Mike Juan, or as I know him as, Mark Swan, okay? Uh, please enjoy the show. It's one of the best shows we've done. I know it's an early year, but the dude is making a real run for the Mount Everest, and that is a very, very lucrative position to be, okay? Everybody wants it, all right? But it's a, it's a wonderful show. It's a great conversation. We're talking about Tenet. We talk about Tool again. I mean, it gets in it, guys. I love you guys very much. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, and let's get into it. Very excited to have this gentleman on. He is a gonzo conspiracy researcher. And you know what? I got to say something before I bring him in. I love when people own conspiracy. There's so many people that run from it. And for some to go, no, dude, that's what I want to be called. Let's me know we're in for a fucking real fun ride. Please welcome Gonzo Conspiracy Researcher, Mike Swan. How are you, Mike? <laughs> I like the swan. Like, you know, the people who know me, they swan. call me swan. But God the swan. damn, start it again. Start it again. Start it again. 
God damn! Start it again! Start it again! Start it again! Leave it! Fuck it! Please love the show! Mike Juan, everybody! Mother of mercy! I'm dealing with some shit right now. It's probably the coolest guest we've ever had. And now I look like a dork. You're all fired. Oh, it's funnier than it would be, too, because right before this, he called him Mark. <laughs> well, well, so this is what I do. I do this well. I look at patterns and I see patterns and I follow the wave. And so what we're picking up right now, this has been the pattern since the get go. I don't know if you remember this, Sam, but you and I, we exchanged some 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 uh, Instagram messages like two years ago, maybe one year ago. We're all like, yeah, let's go and do a show, blah, blah, blah. And then it like disappeared. And, you know, that's life. And, no, and, and, that, and that's just what happens. It happens a lot. Like, you know, when you try to get on shows and stuff like that. So a week ago is actually when I, me and like the booker, we had it, we had it arranged that I was going to come in this week. So I set up my schedule or come on last week. So I set up my schedule and like I, I, I peak, I, I, I plan my day so that if I'm going to do a show like this, like I'm peaking when I get to go and I talk to people. So I go and I manage all of this <clears throat> And I sit in front of my computer and I'm waiting and like 10 minutes goes by and I don't get any message. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, you know, I don't, wanna, I don't want to seem over eager. So I like send this little message. I'm like, Hey, dude, is there a place for me to go? Or do you send me something? <laughs> and, and he responds back to me and he's like, yeah, you're going to get a link. And I'm like, Okay, well, um, when are we going to get a link? He's like four o'clock, four o'clock on the on on the day of the call, and it's like four thirty, and I'm like, you know, and it's all done by email, and so I don't want to like, and I'm like, what? Help me work through this because, to my understanding, we were supposed to start this thirty minutes ago, and then suddenly the guy realizes he had me in on the wrong date, and it all worked out. So it just makes sense. We're like, you know, we're we're syncing up on our conversation here. So I love that. I love that. It's totally that. cool with the name. I love well, it. well I, I'm trying to remember because I remember you were we you were on Instagram, right? Well, what did you want to talk about? I remember this. I remember uh, this, which is so weird because my brain was so polluted <laughs> back then. I'm, I'm going to be honest; like, I have no idea. Like every <laughs> week, I'm talking on something else. But if I were to guess, it's probably going to talk about something as it relates to the Susquehanna mystery. That's one of the first things yeah. which I really started talking to folks about. Yeah, and we might touch upon that a little bit today. So you got a website, right? I, I don't want to pronounce it because I'm really batting zero right now, but I'm going to say Sesquahana, Sesquahana, uh, Alchemy com. Am I right? You friggin' nailed it. Boom. Most Shut up, Joe. Most people who get my name right, they get Susquehanna wrong every time. You got the thing that matters because names come and go, but to Susquehanna, it doesn't. So I appreciate this. Where does your journey start, dude? Because I already love your energy. I needed this. Well, where does your journey start on this whole conspiracy gonzo reporting stuff and all that? Where Where's right. the journey um, start? So so, all right, that's a great question. This is going to be like the whole thing. So um, the whole thing of the beginning, not like the beginning of when I was born. So I'm about like 50 years old. I was about 30 years old. Who thinks he looks 50? Anybody? No way. That guy's 30, right? This is friggin' 50. If you put Damn, lotion on every you must day, yeah, under yeah. water. Yeah, I got to drink more water. That's why I've known this. <laughs> Even this shit water, Aquafina, I got to start drinking more, dude. That's not fucking water. It's not water. It's oh, like how KFC and just leave it alone, so, Sam. I'm just so when, not but, doing but you asked a good question. So I'm 30 years old, I'm living in DC, and I'm like working in the technology industry. 
And like, I'm a, I'm, I'm, in a, I'm a marketing guy, working corporate marketing job. I'm working, if people are familiar with it, I was working in Reston. And September 11th hits, right? Like I'm right there. I remember that day so clearly. I was working in what was called the Sally May building. If you got a student oh, loan. Oh, snap. I worked in that building. Or, you know, I wasn't with Sally May, but they, they owned the building. So anyway, so I can remember like that night. And I was as like, I was as mainstream as they came. I was like well rewarded by the system. Like I was always kind of like, you know, like creative with my thoughts. But like I was like, this is, this is the American dream. It's rewarding me. I'm going along with it. And I remember watching the, uh, um, I remember watching the, 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 vi- the, the TV, uh, the TV of all of like the show and the, the, the falling towers over and over again. And I, and I turn and I look at my wife at the time and I'm like, something's not right about this. I'm like, they, they're manipulating our emotions. I didn't know anything about nothing, but I knew that my emotions were being manipulated. I'm like, this story is being told in such a way. She just kind of shrugged or what have you. I didn't think much of it. And then that was a Tuesday, if my memory is correct. And then that Saturday, like I'm, I was like 30 and, you know, I was a handful of years out of college. I went to school in Richmond and I took a trip down that week and I had planned to go see one of my old college buddies, a guy who I knew for a long time, knew really well. And we're talking about what's going on. And I was like, you know what? I was watching. I was watching the news and, and you know, there was something weird about it. Like they were, they were doing something with it. And he looks at me, this is a very close friend of mine. And he goes, if you don't shut your friggin' mouth right now, I'm going to put my fist in it. (laughs) And I'm like, what? He's like, what are you talking about? And I could see that there was something in his mind which did not allow him to look at the events of reality with anything other than like where he was, you know, whether that was emotionally traumatized or whether that was what have you. But that was the moment. One year later, I moved out of the corporate world. I, you know, you know, I've been on this path ever since. That's amazing. That's amazing, dude. Uh, You know. To me, man, yes, the truth is so dangerous, man. And we're living in a time. I mean, just imagine like that that emotion during that time. And, you know, you were really young, so I don't know how much of it you were digesting what was going on. You're probably like, hey, man, do we get off of school and Dude, shit? I just wanted to go play soccer. You yeah, were so right? right. You were so right. right. It was like, to me, teachers were it sad. Didn't it, it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean nothing to me. It's such know. an interesting thing, the reaction of that country. And, you know, we had somebody, you know tweet me or something like that about how like how they're looking at today and they feel like the u.s has the same energy right now that we had during um 9-11 except what xg said right without the unity we don't patriotism yeah 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 yeah. but what i really see is just like when like is there any truth anymore and like a 9-11 to me was a big moment and i'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on it uh, it was a big moment where, like, all of a sudden, information on a very large scale that might not have been correct was getting fucking just dumped on the whole country at all at one point from a f- small group of people. And I don't know if we ever recovered from that. And I don't know if that's just didn't just keep going on for the last two two decades. I mean, it is like. The greatest name in the history of anything was InfoWars. I mean, we are in an InfoWar. And I remember during the weapons of mass destruction how I would meet with people because I was like, dude, it's all bullshit. 
The, the, the UN people, like, there's nothing yet. They, the UN people said they can't find anything. And the, what people would say to me were so insane. They're like, dude, they have underground railroads and they're, they're moving the nuclear weapons. I go, where are you getting that? This it's country like, couldn't even feed its people, but they had the most complex system for di- diver- mm-hmm. you know, diverting weapons. I mean, but the gentleman's real. reaction to you, like, telling them, man, there's something going on. Like, to me, you, you see that everywhere now, right? It's like, it's like pure manipulation of the emotions, you know, the louche. They're stealing our louche, man. They're trying to get all of our energy. It's kind of fucking nuts, right? Guys, today's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. That's right. Who here loves Blue Chew? Raise your hand. Everybody on the show loves Blue Chew, okay? Because it's American-made for American boners, okay? Listen to guys. We're in a war right now for your heart, your mind, and your erections, all right? <laughs> They're trying right now. They're trying to... Just fucking pump you full of uh, a boner killer chem- chemicals, right? Not Blue Chew. Blue Chew fights back, okay? And listen, this is what's amazing about Blue Chew, okay? This is what's amazing about Blue Chew. Blue Chew, all right, has all the same ingredients as the FDA approved those those fucking pieces of shits over there, Viagra and, and Cialis, okay? You don't need them. You need to go underground. Blue Chew's the underground. Blue Chew's for the people who fight for freedom with angry boners that hate Marxism, okay? Are you anti-Marxism? Then you're pro-fucking Blue Chew, okay? I love it, dude. I I I crush it up, snort it. My dick does a line of it, too. (laughs) My dick snorts it and just gets veins that want to fight for freedom, all right? How often do you, Blue Chew? Snort it or do it? Yeah, both. All the time. This guy likes to make love to his Blue Chew and then snort it. That's how much he loves it. Johnny's girlfriend, who works in some clinical shit, has said that three out of four of her hot friends love Blue Chew, okay? Oh, shit. True. True. It's so true. If you like hot nerd dorks like Johnny, okay? <laughs> she actually said four out of four. Four out of four. 100%. <laughs> where does he get that life? Nowhere. I'll tell you where you get it. You get it from Blue Chew, everybody. Johnny, tell me about the last time you took Blue Chew. Ooh, um, well, I don't have to tell you about it because you were there for it. It was uh, now. Right. It's right now. It was a test. I watched Johnny all the time through his window, and he hits it hard. And he yells. she yells out moves, and he just does it. It's kind of like a breakdancing coach, okay? So, guys, it's very important you do this. Blue Chew is made in the U.S. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line, okay? It's, it's even cheaper than pharmacy drugs that you're going to take, okay? And they, prepared, they, they are prepared and shipped right to you in the discreet bag. Not this guy, okay? I just like to draw dick doodles on mine and just put it right on the front door, okay? No awkwardness, and you don't need to leave your house. How fucking great is that, Okay. How great is that? Fuck you, Viagra. Fuck you, Cialis. You don't do that shit, okay? Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code TINFOIL. Just pay $5 shipping, okay? Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code TINFOIL to try it free, okay? BlueChew is better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you you support our sponsors... You help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use our promo code TIMFOIL at BlueChew.com. 
Well, I want to let me respond for a second about what you're saying, like comparing to like the 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 collective consciousness of like now versus nine eleven, and um and I can't be completely unbiased because like I'm a different person when I was when when nine eleven happened, the number of people that were able to spot bull, like new bullshit, like oh I've been studying this for fifteen years, twenty years, where they can see it right up uh, right away, like that was small, like at the time, like the idea of like a conspiracy. Theory Theorists like literally fit like the 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 um the the guy living in the basement and he's like sixty years old like you know that that was true but that's not the case anymore the number of people who are able to see through it is it may still be, I don't know 15 percent of the population but that's like a thousand times greater yes. than it was in nine yes. eleven I agree and, wholeheartedly and so that was different too we were naive we were babies then we were like what and this is what I think is also really important and what like, you know, over over the last 19 years of what my own like uh, research has really uncovered is understanding the management of of large populations by generation. So it's like 9-11, let's say, or any of these major events. We've got a couple of these events which are like are higher peaks than than other ones. Um, the age of a particular generation at that particular time is going to play a considerable a considerable part of their psychological development. You're 13 years old. If you were born in like 1990 and you're like 13 or 11 years old, and then you're hitting this right around age 30, like that stuff is known and managed. There's very predictable changes a human being goes through at certain ages. And this is managed and it's managed by like how big a population is generation X to small. And then you got like, you got the echo boomers and the baby boomers. Like it's, it's like a symphony. Yeah, it really is, man. And I do believe you. And I, when you say more people are more open-minded than ever. And the, the problem is that there's this small group of people that control the, a lot of the information highway that still can reach people we love and care about. And, you know, I've been getting in discussions with people about how the people that are in our lives that love, we love each other so much. But because of this one manipulation on a mass level has happened, people aren't talking to their families right now. People aren't talking to their coworkers. People are bre- breaking up with lovers that they loved because they see it a different way. And it's such an it's so incredible. And, and all we hear is about how the, 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 the news, the mainstream media news is the ratings are down. But how is this message still getting out? How's it doing it? Where's it coming from? Social media? Now we understand the purpose of the blue check marks. Is that what the blue check mark was really about? Was not about validating, oh, this is really them. But hey, look at this guy. He this guy, this man, this woman, this man woman, right? They got a blue <laughs> check mark by their name. All of a sudden, their information must be real. So it's so interesting. And, like, I love to just watch it, man. I'm like, because I've gotten to the point where Eddie Bravo is, where it's like, dude, if you still think this, this, and this, okay, I can't help you. I can't help you. This show is not about waking people up. It's waking up people who want to be woke up. And that's why it's really done simple. I'm not the deep dive like some people do. We say this is training wheels. This is the shallow end for a purpose. Does it give you a place to come in, 
get a little bit. So, and we're not going to say shit that's going to. Sh- Maybe we got Bishop Larry Gators on. He's had some shit, but we're not going to fucking like just go fucking. You know third base right out the gate right we're going to take it a little slow we're going to make a little love and then we're going to have you open your mind to a whole bunch of more stuff and that's what the purpose of the show is but again if i, I i'm just like hey oh that's what you think okay that's what you i, I don't care you you really want to believe it that, what can i do see but when you just get when you just get woken because you've been woke for so long so you're not trying to wake anybody up when you when it first hits when it first hits you you're like i gotta tell everybody I got to tell everybody, yeah. and those are the people that get in yeah. fights. It's the first Thanksgiving when you're I like, I got to tell these people. and talk them down. Chill them down. I go, I get it. You're passionate. You see it, and you want to save everybody. The only person you got to save at this point is you. I wish you could have had this conversation with the Mormon missionaries that lived across the street from me in college because those guys literally came by every day for two years. That's It's the same thing, though, right? Yeah, it it's, it's almost like religion. Once you get it, you know what I mean? And you just kind of like, I got to tell people about this. Yeah, yeah my buddy like used to news. do that to me in college. Every fucking every time I went home, he'd have a talk about Jesus with me. Yeah. And I would just sit there and take it, and i go, still, nope, and then we'd move <laughs> on every yeah. time. But I want to get into it, man, because there's a lot of stuff that you've done some research on about how deep this shit goes. And tell us a little bit about your website, because I'm super excited about that. <laughs> or you can finish your thought, because I rambled there for a while. I know well, you're bringing right, up your well, friends. Well, I'll, go and, I'll go and talk about the website, because there's a part of me that hates frigging technology, but there's a part of me that recognizes there's a place with it. And so I just did a little bit of updating my website, because I knew I was going to be here today. Um, and so the website really just does three things. It tells you like where to find my content. It tells you, like, if you want to contact me and um, if you want to get some services from me, you can go there. Uh, I put out, like, a presentation a week on on um, YouTube, but I'm going to stop doing that. I had, like, a Subscribestar account, and I, I hated that. But, like, I'm, I, I'm tired of the YouTube thing. I'm, tired, I, I'm not interested in playing, like, let's be one step ahead. You know, when it's gone, it's gone. Um, you know, in terms of being able to say what you need to say on on the free and public internet, it's going away. You know, but so forever, forever long, that is still around. You can go and find my stuff at Susquehanna Alchemy on YouTube. Uh, you can find that all on on the website, and you can work with me one on one. Because what I do also is I apply the same sort of like techniques, if you will. It's just a worldview. I mean, once you begin to realize. Uh, like how, what, what, what is actually happening in terms of experience, then you can apply it in so many different ways. And when you, and then you really understand, like get an appreciation of how deep what we're working with goes, because it goes very, very deep. It goes deeper than just the idea of conspiracy. Um, I love it. And that's kind of like, and one of the things which, and I've discovered this and, and, you know, you introduced me in the beginning is like a, gonzo conspiracy researcher i was just a researcher until i realized that my research what gonzo means is like you insert yourself in the research you insert yourself in the story you are not part of like you're not a third party impartial um uh chronicler you're in it and you know maybe a better word a way of describing it would be quantum because when we talk about like quantum experience experiments it's knowing that the experimenter is is affecting the outcome of the experiment and i came to realize that my research i was friggin in it i was influencing it and there was a feedback mechanism 
And once you experience and so that's what a lot of my research does nowadays is I show this over and over again so people can begin to realize like this something freakier is going on than what I first thought was going on. I love it, dude. And it's like, I mean, the more and more I study the shit, the more and more I, I, I realize there's probably another layer that I don't even know about. There's probably some more shit going on that I don't even know about. And like how many layers to this are there? And it's like, that's the crazy shit. And what I do is in my life now, whenever I hear, get some new information, I straight up stand in like fucking karate kid crane stance. And I go, okay, what are you bringing? Because I have to be in defense because I just can't accept all information right now. I have to go, is it, is it possible this is being manipulated? And if so, I have to glean off of what I think. Okay, I know that's probably based on my research true. I want to run a quick thing past you. When I study stuff, I like to go, what is the history the best I know it? And who gets the money? Who gets the power? That's how I usually run stuff. And that tends to let you know something, even though I do believe that the people we're dealing with don't give a fuck about money and don't give a fuck about power anymore. I believe... This is about spirituality. This is a spiritual war we're going through. An information war to control a spiritual war. And that's what I think. No, am, I, am I on to something? Because that's the more and more I start. Or maybe I don't even know that. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, well I mean, one, I, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, first off, I come at it from this fundamental perspective that the human experience is based on a mystery. Like the most basic level, like imagine this, imagine like you wake up tomorrow and you look around and you're like, I'm not certain where I am. I don't recognize this walls. I don't recognize this clothes. I know I'm me. And then the fundamental questions you're going to be asking yourself is like, how did I get here? What, what am I doing here? And how and, and what am I supposed to do? Well, the human being, like in the most literal sense, we don't know where we are. Like we don't know what Earth is. Like, I mean, you can say it's Earth. And you can say space, but eventually you're going to come to this point and you're like, I don't know. Yes. You don't know where we are, how we got here, any of that sort of stuff. And I'm not trying to answer those questions. I'm not trying to answer those questions, but I'm recognizing and I recognize the human experience is based upon a mystery. And so when you realize that it frees yourself up to look at things like without like having to ground it into some friggin' story you learned one way or the other. Like we need to have a point of reference. We need to have a point of reference, but realizing like that point of reference is going to change. Um, and that to me is, is really, really helpful. I'm 100% in agreement to you. Whenever someone to me explains their understanding of a situation is follow the money and there's an absolute truth to that. But then you have to realize like there's a level of reality, like not like, you know, not like in an abstract way. There's a level of reality where money does not matter. If you are working for the Bank of International Settlements there in Basel, Switzerland, you think of money so friggin' differently than like, you know, a branch manager at Chase Manhattan which thinks of money differently than just like, you know, the typical Joe down the street who's just trying to get, you know, a couple hundred dollars in his pocket. Like money's nothing. Like money is a tool. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's not about money. It's absolutely right. It's about like where you put your consciousness, which is like, you know, and how you think and what your behaviors and actions are in whatever this experience is. 
And that's non-physical. That's spiritual. That's what the spirit is. It's not physical. And it's done by a bunch of players we don't quite understand. And we have to accept the fact that we're not going to fully understand it. But we can constantly give like litmus tests. I think I love the way you described where we live in. It just sounds like quantum leap, right? Like every day you wake up, you're like, okay, where the fuck am I? What are the rules? Everything. You know what else that's like? When you pl- when I first started doing stand-up comedy, how you would, your first night on stage in a brand new club. Because every club has a soul, and that soul has a vibe. And you have to understand that vibe. And then, you know, it's like Bill Hicks says, when you're famous, every show's a home game. But when you're not famous, every show's an away game. So, like, when you first start doing comedy, it's always an away game. So you always have to figure out what is the vibe of this fucking room, dude. And that's why I hated when the owners would come see me on Thursday compared to Saturday. By Saturday, I'm just fucking flamethrowing everything. But this is, you're totally right, man. Is the older the room, the more vibes? No, the, or is it different? Yeah, it's di- yeah, yeah. Every room's different, but every room is different. It's just like the local politics come into play. All this stuff, man. It's so interesting. But you know what you're talking about? Like we don't know what we live in, and that's and this thing is so interesting, dude. It might be all things are true. Yeah, you say that all the time. It could be flat. It could be round. That's my depends God, on how belief, the fuck dude. you want it. You want it to be. What do you want it to be? Yeah. That's exactly once I started realizing how much it changes based upon my own bias. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of like shamed into like, oh, you're going to have a bias. I'm like, you have to have a friggin' bias. But what you can do is recognize you got a friggin' bias. You can choose your bias and you can change your bias when a better bias comes along. And bias can be easy. Now, Sam, to your point about like what you were saying about like recognizing a room, like anyone who's ever done like a type of live performance, Uh, you know, whether it's comedy, whether it's like acting, whether it's presenting information, but anytime that you are on stage and you have like human beings in front of you and there's a dynamic, you realize that there is, there's, it's a living, breathing thing. Like, and you have to learn to manage that. And like, you can kind of control it and it can kind of control you and it dances. If you ask me, what that is, if you could boil that down as into a skill set applied to everything which you call the outer world, that is the primary skill set which you want to develop to be human. Because everything is that stage, whatever you're stepping into. And now more than ever, like these things, what we're talking about, these philosophical like ideas, this has always been interesting. There have always been people who've talked about it. But right now, since the Ides of March, since March 15th, 2020, when they made COVID a national emergency, the game changed. They're changing the game. It's going to be different. And now is the opportunity for greater like whether you want to use the word growth or whatever, it's never going to be the same. And now is where the action is. And like, you know, it's showtime and now it matters in a way it did not matter before. I couldn't. And then once it settles, then it's not going to matter as much again. And, And it will ebbs and flow. And it will be like, we will be back to a time when think how things were and all that stuff. But I do believe it's important that people realize that there are powers at work. That are attempting to manipulate our energy, our reality. And like that to me, honestly, man, is what magic is. I believe magic is the manipulation of energy. How do you manipulate energy? And You know, it's like 
you could t- I, I, well, there was a time a long time ago I talked to somebody and they were they were get, they were starting to get into some dark magic and I had to like talk them off the ledge. I'm like they're talking about Lilith Lilith the the the, the uh I think that's the demons. Yeah. And they want to yeah. let this person in because uh, and I I go what is the benefits? And I know is that it's like it's like you're dealing with stuff you don't even understand. You're being manipulated by someone telling you this good idea that is trying to sell you out because he did the exact same thing and he misery loves company. Okay? It's like the manipulation, man, of energy is what's and there's some people that are at the highest levels doing this, whether it's the, you know, the the family of twelve, the, the Jesuits or the Freemasons, right? I, and there's a whole argument: what are Freemasons? I have I have a friend, Pat Miltich, it's a Freemason. If you talk to him, he'll talk you like Lucifer is the is the uh, the angel of light, and all, it's to illuminate. And, and 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 based on the times I've talked with him, he 100 percent thinks that's a positive thing. I can't tell. That's his perception. And then you talk to somebody out. They're like, yeah, dude, that guy's a Freemason. Fuck that dude. And you're like, what is going on here? Like, it's everything, right? It's everything. It is perception. It is everything. And that's kind of like, I, I know you do some research in that. Where do you want to start? Because I really want to hear what you have to say because uh, I love so, this stuff. So, so you, we mentioned Tenet. So let's go right into Tenet because Tenet's going to be fun. We're talking about magic, okay? Yeah. All right, so so uh, have you seen the movie? Have you seen Tenet? Uh, Johnny has. Have, have you yeah. seen Tenet? Yeah. I have not seen it yet. It is on my. It, I am going to watch it because I, everybody's talking about it. But I know so, enough about it that I can understand where we're going with. Yeah, this. And, and and again, like when it comes to like, so this is my thought: if you're watching movies still, like if if you've got the if you know kind of like that the game's going on, and you're watching a movie because you want to be entertained, well, then you know what you you deserve to have what's done to you because you should know better. <laughs> we should watch movies, and we should be watching movies because there is information which is being either purposefully or super consciously embedded in the movie. Movies. Like we all know, like the whole like Hollywood and the Druid and like all and the, the Druid's wand. Like that's not just talk. Like there's telling you there's magic involved with it. Take that shit seriously. So we're going to go into to Tenet for a second. And so Tenet's Christopher Nolan. And this is my sense. It's like my... Uh, I have a personal relationship after seeing enough Christopher Nolan movies to recognize the number of synchronicities and the caliber and quality of them. Like they're so sharp in my life. I'm like, okay, I know there's a resonance with this me specifically. And I'm not saying like, oh, he made movies for Mike. I'm saying that, <laughs> that he's putting something out, which I'm connecting to on a very, very deep level. And my sense is anyone who's up to this level of the game, they're going to have that with some some person who is who is projecting on a larger level, and so this guy happens to be one of my guys. So I go and I watch this uh, Tenant. Uh, I see it in the movie theater. I see it in the movie theater about two weeks ago. It's the first movie I've seen in the movie theater in years. I just like wrote off movie theaters when like a while ago, but I went and I saw it. And that in itself was strange. It's been a strange year, and uh, and it's all about um, it's all about time travel. 
and, and and whether or not, like, you know, the, the spoiler alert, you should want to know what you're walking into before you see it so that you can know how to dissect it quicker and more soonly or sooner. So anyway, so um, the first thing which you need to know about Tenet, though, it's 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 told to everyone that it's primarily about time travel. Tenet is a movie about magic, and this is just barely, just barely um, uh, hidden by the director. And so let me walk you through that. There's this thing in magic which is called the uh, um, the Sator Square, spelled S-A-T-O-R. And what it is is it's it's three Latin words, and two of those and two of those words are spelled backwards. So you get like a this like square of letters where you have five letters going across and five letters going up and down. It's a total of twenty five letters, and it's spelling the word Sator opera tenant and then Seder backwards which is rotas and then like Europa I think is how you say it, opera backwards so the movie tenant gets its name from this Seder square and then the other four words are throughout the movie like the main bad guy his name is Seder like that's where the, the Seder square and like the first scene is in an opera and it's very very important with it and then there's Europa and there's 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 um Rotas is also like the name of like one of the companies in the movie like it's not like like Christopher Nolan's not trying to be secretive about this all right so he's telling you right away, like, this 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 is connected to the Seder Square. And so what's the Seder Square? I'm not really certain. You know, that's something for you to figure out. But the Seder Square ties into magic. It's like a magical device, almost like the word abracadabra. Abracadabra comes back. I think it's like 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 Moorish magic. And it, it means something like, you know, and so it be or so is the will. So, like, when a magician goes and says what or does whatever their spell is, that is how they end it and sets the ball in motion. And so the Seder Square is kind of known for that. The first known um, existence of the Seder Square has been found in the walls of Pompeii in, in, um, in I guess, where is Pompeii? Is it in Sicily or is it just on the island of Italy? Johnny, where's Pompeii? Like- You're the guy who knows everything. Italy, right? Pompeii, Italy? It's an island. It's in Italy. I just don't know if it's an island or it's not. An island. It, it is an it's island. It's an island that, that got taken over by the I'll volcano. Yeah, it's the one guy. that got taken over by the volcano. Right, right, yeah. right. So that's how it It's encapsulated in it. It's encapsulated in it. And so this this Seder Square is used for not, magic. Not an island. Oh, never it's mind. not an island. Never mind. Dude, you had a win. I, and, and, I know. And Johnny, Johnny took it away. Could have waited to the end of the show. Let me take the win. Yeah, let him have a win, man. I mean, he's going to get killed in the comment section. But let him have a win. Okay, go on. Sorry, Mike. All right. So now, so we're doing this. We're Near doing, the coast. We're going to go layer by layer by later. So, so immediately, like you, anyone could go and spend 30 seconds and type in like, hey, what does tenant mean? And you're going to go and find this. Like what I just told you is not like it's not expressed in the movie, but it's not exactly hidden. And anyone who's got like the slightest bit of curiosity can go and figure this out. And in the very beginning of the movie, and so, so again, movies are magic, and it, and it depends upon what you want to define magic. But we know that through the the word Hollywood and. One of the ways which which movies are magic is what it does to to the psyche of the viewer. When you watch a movie, or really when you participate in any sort of like of of watching drama, there's a part of you which is going to go and and um, 
and tie yourself into one of the characters, usually the hero. And you're going to be like, you know, you're not thinking this consciously, but you're like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of like this guy. And I'm like that. And you go through the experience. This is part of the magic of all types of theater and movies and drama. And movies does it even better because they have the access. They have the, the luxury of technology as well. But that's part of just all movies. And and right away, we know that that. Um, that that Nolan is really plays upon this. The whole Dark Knight Rising was playing upon this, but in this movie in particular, uh, the main character's name is the protagonist. That's all you know, the hero. It's already telling you. I'm not even going to give you a fake name because you can go, you as the viewer can insert yourself in this. Wow. Very few people are going to do this consciously, but this is what happens. This is just how the psyche works. So what you're told in the very beginning of the movie, it's like you go and you find out that's all about time travel. But when the protagonist, like he wakes up into this situation, he's like, I don't know what's going on. And this other character goes, I can't tell you what your mission is. The guy's also a CIA agent. All of Nolan's films are very, very pro-military industrial complex. They're all limited hangouts. Take that in consideration. But that doesn't mean you can't get truth out of them. Um, So you got uh, in the when they tell him that he's going to be in this 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 very very important mission where he's going to stop world war three the only thing they say is like the only thing i can tell you is tenant and they don't tell you what tenant means they don't give you any context they just say tenant and then it's kind of used as a code word throughout the movie like whenever someone says that he knows that they know what it is and what it turns out what the it is is time travel so in a certain way we see christopher nolan is implying that magic and time travel are one and the same all right. So this is going to be our first D mark because I'm going to jump down a level after that. But before I get there, I want to make certain we're all on that same kind of like we're on the scaffolding. We're on the same level. I'm in, dude. I'm all about that action, dude. This all right. is great. All right. So, so Nolan, Nolan likens himself to be this generation Stanley Kubrick, and he likens himself to to um, to to expose truths in his film. And this is most, this is most evident in interstellar, but I'm not going to talk about that. I could go about that later, but I want to stay on focus on the story I'm telling you about. So there's some, some, he's telling us, he's telling us, he's given us two examples. He's given us two examples of, um, of time travel, possibly three, but I'm going to give you two. The first time, and let me, and this is true for anything. The first time you notice something, it could, it's random. If you notice something a second time, it's a coincidence. And when you notice it a third time, then you can say conclusively it's a pattern. And so for anyone who's like looking for patterns, like that's kind of like a general rule of thumb. So I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two examples of him telling us actual events in our reality, which he's saying are time travel events. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the movie. So what happens in the movie, there's all this time travel. Whenever time travel happens, there's like some major fucked up shit, explosions, all sorts of stuff. And there's like usually like a cover story for like the regular normies who don't realize that there's this time travel thing going on between these like these fighting time travelers trying to stop World War Three. All right. So here's the first me culpa that he gives us. So into in in uh, the movie Tenant, there's a scene where a 747 is hijacked by the good guys. The good guys hijack the the 747 on the tarmac of this one um, airport 
and it goes and it drives it in. It doesn't fly it. It drives it in as fast as you could go without flying a 747 and crashes it into the building. And if you go and you look at the image, because I sent you some, I sent you some slides before I came on here. It's going to be reminiscent. It's going to be reminiscent to the imagination of what every single person pictured what the events of 9-11 at the Pentagon looked like. Hold on one second. Johnny, I got him. You got him up? Is okay. It, is it this one? The other one. That one? Nope, the other one. <laughs> there we go. Birds the charm. Okay, so Perfect. on this, well, what you showed right there, uh, we could see the Seder Square, like with this traditional Seder. Did I lock up on you guys? No, there we no, go. no, you're we good. See, you're killing. All right. All right, do you see that image with the explosion? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's so that's that's your 9-11 moment, okay? Because that's the Pentagon, right? That's like that's what people, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's showing a building, a plane crashed in. So you're like, well, maybe that's a stretch, Mike. Maybe, but this is how you know it for certain. All right, and so it's going to be the second one where it really starts to take home. So the way we know for certain is because there was a part of the movie, like right before this, they're like the hijackers, like who are the good guys? The good hijackers. They are. They're driving this 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 airplane into the building, and what they do is they open up the back, the cargo door, and they start dumping out bars of gold. Okay. Yeah. Like the big bars of gold you expect to see at Fort Knox. And that had absolutely nothing to do with the advancement of the film. All right. Like if that was edited out, like the film wouldn't change at all. Interesting. So probably even more specifically is like it made no sense whatsoever. The question is like, why is it here? And like, yeah, you could probably go and tie it into something, but it is so, 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 so friggin' minuscule. So we remember, because we talked about 9-11, what was one of the other big stories as it relates to to what happened in the World Trade Center, but all of the missing gold, right? Yeah, Black Eagle gold. Yeah, all the Black Eagle gold. And I'm not saying this it was a gold heist, or maybe that's part of the story, but we've got this double entendre, so, or this double, this double hit right here. Real quick, real like- quick, just so people who might not know, 9-11, uh, the, the rumor was that a Building 7 or Building 6, but I believe it was Building 7, was sitting on top of Black Eagle Gold. Now, what is Black Eagle Gold? That is to believe to be the huge, giant hall of Nazi gold. That's what it was, Nazi gold. And you get into Nazi gold, then you start talking about the Bushes, their relationship to the banks, with the Nazis, with the Vatican. It all gets the the, the Rothschilds. It's so interesting. The whole thing is a... Everyone connects to there. Yeah. Everyone connects to there. There's more symbolism with the 9-11, with like the Pentagon and the five points, all of that sort of stuff. And right around probably like 2007 to 2010, there was like a, a, a surge of, of research known as synchromysticism. And it was primarily, or at least it began with the whole idea of 9-11 being a, um, being a Stargate, multi-dimensional type of experience. And those guys didn't really go too deep down, like in the dark conspiracy, but they're pointing out all of like the weird kind of occult mystery. And when you put that in context, I don't know if you remember ever seeing like the, the uh, uh, analysis of Back to the Future as a predictor of 9-11, Back to the Future 
was all the time travel. Yes. And then how that overlapped with then the, that was a movie done by Robert Zemeckis. He also did a movie called The Wire, where it shows um, whatever that guy's name is. I can't think of the name of the actor who, who plays the, um, the Frenchman who tightropes walks between the World Trade Centers. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I do know that I do, I'm not familiar with the movie, but I do know the movie, meaning I, There's I didn't watch it. There's a lot of analysis, and, and where I'm getting at, I'm, I'm getting at three different points of, of, of analysis and, 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 cons, and conspiratorial, synchromistic conspiratorial yes. work that ties in 9 11, particularly the World Trade Center, to time travel to one degree or another. Man on wire. Man on a wire. Man on man, a wire. Man, that on, a wire. man on a wire. Is that what it was called? Man on wire. And what was the guy's name? Uh, I can't think of the actor's name. Uh, Jonathan Philippe, or Philippe Petit is the is the guy, the actual guy. I'm not sure who the actor is. The actual the man. Actor, is he was, I just remember he was one third rock from the sun. Anyone who played an alien on TV, I'm pretty much just thinking is an alien in real life. Unbelievable. Oh, you mean the first fictional film? I'm talking about so the documentary. Let me go and hit you with the with the second time travel. So we got that. So we're going to hold that, and then I'm going to pause. And I'm going to give you room to to like to uh, um, to comment. So here's the other one. So there's another scene in the movie. Probably these are the two biggest scenes. So these are like the money scenes. These are literally the scenes that cost the most friggin' amount of money to make. Right. And so those are literally that's the money shot. And so the other one is a car chase. And in this car chase and, it, and, and in the movie, in the context of the movie, this is when you fully understand the significance of of like the time travel. When you're like, oh, tenants about time travel. And it shows this car like racing down the, this highway and it's racing in reverse while all the other cars are going are going um, forward. And it turns out, at least from the context of this movie movie that when people travel back in time that everything is inverted you know i think that's symbolic when they say that but it's shown the it's 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 cinematography the cinematography of it is it shows things backwards it was like this big like you know if people are into to to car chases it's like you know one of those like one of the best car chases so this is where it gets interesting that's crazy so so you know how Hollywood works. Like Hollywood is all about something called, pro- or not all about, but a big part of making a major Hollywood blockbuster is called um, product placement. And so if you're going to go and have like an opportunity for product placement, you're going to do it. And so this car going backwards and, and cars are always product placement, like the James Bond cars. And like there are a bunch of other cars in this movie are product placement cars. But this is by far the most significant screen time car. Like, you know, from the product placement perspective, this is the sexiest part of the movie. And so what car do they use in this 2020 released film? I got it. I'm a Tesla. <laughs> a Saab 9.5. Okay, I got. I thought. I thought that was Saab 9.5. They stopped making them, dude. This 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 stuck ago. out to me like a sore thumb. I was like, wait, are they making Saabs again? What? Yeah, no, they're they, not. it's they're so. Not. I mean, I can't wait to hear why because that so, stuck so out to me like a sore thumb. So you go with the question, and so, so you go with the. You're like, all right, well, that's kind of odd. So in the movie, where that scene takes place, where that scene takes place is in Oslo, in Oslo, in in Norway. All right, 
And so if you go and you do, uh, you, and it, it was the most recent iteration of the Saab 95. Like, you know how cars have like different generations, different model types. So this was the final one. And I think they had one year, like they made one year of this one particular model of car. And then, and then the company just went away. Yeah. They tried and to so, save it, right? They tried to save the company and it went away. Yeah, like this is like well, this was going to be like your last opportunity, I suppose. So this car, so you go and you look, you're like, well, well, well we're given we're given a time date stamp. We're given a time date stamp of like when this particular scene is supposed to take place. Well, when's it taking place? Well, when this car would be out, right? Because everything's going to be in the 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 moment, you know, the contemporary moment of when of the setting of that particular film, or at the very least, you know, no. Nolan's saying, hey, guys, go take a look at when this car was contemporary. So when was that car contemporary? When did they start making it? They made it for one year in December 2009. So if you go and you're like, huh, okay, December 2009, Oslo, Norway, what was going on then? Do you remember the Norway spiral? Okay, dude. Okay. I do remember the Norway spi- spiral. What happened? It's on, it's on the sheet I sent you. The Norway friggin' spiral. It's the most ridiculous thing in the world. They're like, oh, yeah, this was an out-of-control missile from Russia that made these absolutely perfect concentric circles in the sky that pulsed. <laughs> Dude. Oh, my God. So let me go and hit you oh, up yeah, one last yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So, so this is where the Gonzo research comes in because I'm like, I can't help but be involved in the friggin' story, and this is what happens. So you know, how, so I talked a little bit, like, like, dude, you seem to know a little bit about sobs, like, you know, what, what, what's with you and the sob boner? <laughs> well, you know, if you a sob's not a particularly common car, uh, they haven't made them for ten years. Try to guess what my car is. What's your car? Saab 9.5, same color as theirs. I've driven it for 12 years. I got 190,000 miles on it. Jesus. That is weird. That's the only reason that jumped out in my mind. I've always wanted one. By the the way, just going back to the spiral, it literally looks like an animation from like a a kid show or Samurai Jack. It doesn't look. Yeah, it's wild. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen. It's so nuts. How it's a perfect spiral. You know, the official explanation for the coloring of that is they say it's tiny sapphire crystals that make it blue. Isn't that? That's what. Sweet. That's the official. I mean, come on. Who, 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 who are they fooling? Ah, oh, that's crazy, dude. So this is an example of the type of research I do. Like I pull out one of these like probably once once a month. I'll pull out one of these stories. But what I've been really interested in lately, and I'm so glad you brought it up in the beginning, was this idea of magic. And there's different types of magic. And like, you know, we're seeing in this in this instance, um, Christopher Nolan is, uh, you know, he's he's implying that this type of magic device ties into time into into time travel and going back to the uh, what I said originally of like recognizing there's a mystery to the human experience. There's a mystery to why we're here. Um you know, I, I like to be open and yeah. playing with, with, with all sorts of things. It's my personal opinion. It's my total personal opinion, and it sounds nuts to anyone who does not think the same way. But, like, the really, like, a time like this, 
time travel is is about something it's another way of experiencing reality and there are two types of people there are those who know how to time travel and there are people who don't know how to time travel and until you know how to time travel it sounds ridiculous it's like seeing a magic eye 3d picture like until you actually see that 3d image you're like there ain't no picture in it and then as soon as you see it like well it's there i can't help you if you can't see it like once you figure it out you can know i know what you're talking about dude those little things like you know you're looking into it you're like i can't fucking see the the lion and you everyone's like dude it's right there i'm like i can't see it but then when you do see it you can't unsee it though yeah dude i'm so sad i'm in the category that doesn't know how to time travel i don't know how to time travel either this is my thought i think now's the time like if you literally put into context what's unfolding in the world What's unfolding in the world, which I did this, I went in this whole presentation like a while ago. I'm like, what we're seeing is literally, and I, I drew this amazing like story of like, you know, making a really valid argument that what I'm saying is the factual truth of what's occurring is we are being sold a James Bond plot. Like where the richest man in the world has a diabolical scheme to take over the world. And like we've been conditioned for over 50 years of this type of of storyline so that when it appears to us, you know, when Dr. Evil appears to us, that it feels familiar. Yes. And we just fall into place. Yes. And I was, I, I don't know where you're going this, but I was just thinking the exact same thing. Because now... Bill Gates is now buying all the farmland. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he's buying the farmland. like Mr. Burns. And everybody's just giving their energy to it, dude. Exactly. And it's this it's this it's this this like archetype of like who this like this this maniacal, unbelievably wealthy, greedy to no exchange. And he's taking over the world and everyone is helpless to to uh, to this. uh, Do anything about it. Of the individual. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right, dude. You're totally right. You know what's the worst when him and Jeff Bezos get together as a team? Yeah. And then we really going to need superheroes. Yeah. Well, you know what's so interesting is like what you're talking about right now is the conditioning. So a long time ago, I, danced, I used to date a girl named Nancy. And we were coming back from Vegas. And there was a giant car crash. I mean, probably the biggest I'd ever seen to that point and even right now. And man, I stopped. I'm like, fuck, man, there's an accident. I got to see if everyone's... I get out, of course, Nancy's like, don't leave, just stay in the car. I'm like, you know... Just so you, like, witness it. I got to do something. I got to do something. There's a car crash. And I walk up, man, and hand to God, it's the first time I saw dead bodies in my life. And there were dead bodies on the road. And you know what my reaction was? Oh, those are dead bodies. Because I'd seen dead bodies so many times in television and movies. It didn't have an emotional effect on me because I'd seen it a bunch of times. So it was just like, now I'm in the middle of this, like, whatever fucking cop show I'm watching, whatever crime show I'm watching, whatever sci-fi show I'm watching. I'm right in the middle of it now. This is my own true detective at this moment, even though the show hadn't come out at that point. What does that mean, you think, though? Because I, I can think of a couple other conditions where we would, you would be normalized to violence in the past. One would be war, of course. And the other would be if you were just like a, you know, a prehistory man, you know, where people were just dying of random like toenail infections and shit. You, people back then wouldn't be shocked by death either. So I'm curious if you think it's no, like, it's a, it's, it's, that, is it malignant, though? What do you mean? This 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 sort of uh, desensitization to tragedy and trauma. 
Yeah, that's do you think it's bad? Do you think it's bad though? I think it's good. I, think, I mean, it's weird, but if, imagine you would have freaked out. But I, I think, I think seeing a, even though there's seven billion of us, still seeing somebody dead there should have. Mm. I should have had a reaction to that. I think, or maybe. It's going back to Johnny. I'm a caveman at this moment, or something. No, no. Like I think your caveman instinct condition. come out. I think your caveman instinct come out. Like you see a dead body. Like instead of freaking out and crying, you're like, "What do I got to do? Like, yeah. who do I call? What do I do?" Because you could definitely freak it. out. You could definitely freak out. But it's just in a fetal like position. I'm like, "Wow, dude, I have no reaction to that. Nothing. I mean, I'm calm headed, but I'm not like, oh fuck, man. I'm not. I'm not. I think oh, that my- might be a, even more useful as a metaphor for desensitization to violence in general, like against children. And 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 this thing with possibly Project Bluebeam, I think it's kind of a metaphor for that. What you're describing, I think what he's just said is incredibly profound. Yeah, that's all I'm agree. saying, and yeah. I've seen where it has affected me. So, can, can I can, can I throw my two cents in on your on your on, on your uh, your, your <laughs> dead bodies and, and the Vegas top bodies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, well, first off. Um, I personally don't believe for a heartbeat that people were dying from toenail infections. I think all of that is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Every single movie we see that as soon as you meet like someone who like lives a natural lifestyle, the first thing they ask for is medicine. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I don't believe that for a heartbeat. So I, I, that's me. I don't. So there's that. Now, secondly, I think, I think Sam, I agree with you. I think that your response was because um, your response at least was not authentic. Authentic. It was not a pure human response. Um, if uh, a program response, right? Program to be desensitized, and we don't really know what that would have been. But I do think, like the fact that you had an apathy. You know, you weren't affected or, or, or like war is different. Like war is like not only are you seeing dead bodies, but like people are trying to kill you. So like it's a little like you're there, there's a reason why you come back with whether they call it shell shock or PTSD, because that that ain't human. That ain't human to be in that experience that often. And particularly when it's constructed by other humans, when it comes to like protecting your own, that's a little bit different. But when like you're like sent off to war, that ain't human. And that affects the psyche. This is part of the Hollywood magic in my opinion is like the fact that you can go and see something and not have a a response other than the fact like wow that kind of sucks i hope that i'm not late for my appointment or wherever you are going you know and that's what's happened to 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 all of humanity in a way like when we see all of these people with their cameras like watching something horrific happening to another human being and they just want to go and record it whatever that horrific experience is like that is the norm that's one step beyond Beyond just like you know seeing a dead body and not like freaking out from it that's my thought well i mean and, and we'll get back to what you were talking about but you know now we see in schools nobody's breaking up fights anymore everything's about sitting there and watching the fight everything's about filming the fight everything's yeah world star you know <laughs> nobody's like when i was young you get three pushes maybe a couple swings everyone jumps in okay stop you know, it's over. And then you, you saved your grace because you fought back. Now it's like, not only do you have the threat of physically being hurt, now it's being broadcasted to everybody everywhere. And, and that stays with you for the rest yeah. of your life. And the reason no one stops it is because you're trying to catch the best video. So your <laughs> shit goes viral. 
Like, dude, look at the, I got the best one. I got the best one. And, the, and it's funny because they're not even watching it. They're watching it through their phone. So instead of actually watching That's the fight, the instead of watching the fight, because if you really, if you really enjoy the fight, put your fucking phone down and then watch the fight. But you're watching it through like a phone, like a lot of concerts. You're like, I, dude, it's like a third version, like watching the TV. This happened to me one time. I was doing stand up in uh, Ventura and I was on stage, you know, Eleanor Kerrigan just got out and lit up the room. And I'm like, okay, she's yeah. doing, I feel, you know, I, this is my crowd. And for some reason I walked up, man, and that crowd got, quiet like real quiet on me and i'm like oh man i'm like five minutes in like i can't connect with these guys there's nothing i'm saying is connecting with these dudes i'm this guy is just he's heckling everybody the whole show just heckle 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 i make a joke about him letting you know african-americans run a train on his wife that was a joke (laughs) he didn't seem to appreciate that this seven-year-old dude got real angry got up and I thought it was a joke the whole time. He was like, I'm going to come kick your ass. He couldn't find the fucking stairway. So I literally <laughs> helped him. Fi- I'm like, dude, here's the stairs. Because I thought we were all having fun. Yeah, we're doing a bit. Yeah, I thought this was just fun time with a local crate. He comes up, he gets on stage. He's like, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. I go, okay, this guy's on stage. When's, when's this going to stop? And I look out. Everybody had their cameras out. And I'm like, oh, this just got real, real, man, because I got this dude who's fucking coming for me. And not only am I going to deal with it on stage in real time, now I got to worry about, am I going to be the dude, the comic gets knocked out by a dude? So I fu- I'm like, dude, I want to do this, but I'm going to fuck you up if you take another step. Hand to God, fucking Eleanor Kerrigan fucking grabs him and pulls him off stage. The security didn't do anything, but nobody was going to stop that it's fight. Like, it's like the comic that kicked that guy. You've seen that video? Oh yeah, T- yeah you know Tino. Him. I know. I, I didn't know if you wanted. Me, I didn't know if yeah, you wanted Tino. me. Yeah, well, Tino Sanchez right. literally kicked some guy that come. Yeah. he came at him and his full drops kicked some Rogan. Rogan side. Everybody saw it. Yeah. So it could be a a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. You could take it, but, but either way, be careful out there with the fights. For sure, Kevin. <laughs> bum 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 bum. That was our fucking. So now the you, more know, you know. The more you know. <laughs> is, is the knockout game still a thing? Uh, where kids run around knocking out people. I haven't seen that is, in yeah, video. Some, some guy was knocked out in L.A. or some old elderly ass man was knocked out. I think he almost died in, in why December. Why do they hit elderly? Don't hit anybody. You know why? Because they don't. They're the least chance of getting up and beating the shit out of these punks that go around doing this, man. And I they're just afraid. think about those kids, man. Just like the amount of pain and suffering you have to be to get to that moment oh you yeah. forgot about this remember the kid that shot the cops while they were sitting down that's like in what the, co- the fuck moment and he was a little he yeah, ran yeah off you can look like, he was oh, like a kid yeah, like a that. like a gang initiation shit yeah 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 okay so back to you i'm gonna shut up because i keep going on <laughs> tangents but everything you're talking about is 100 percent true dude i see it happen in real time man in real time and its effect on us man and you know we keep kind of getting into like the programming stuff too that we see in the commercials Every couple now. And like, it's like, okay, it's once or twice, it's fine. Or even, an, uh, it could happen a lot. Why does it have to happen every time? I love commercials try to convince us that things we know, like, like commercials will try to convince you that black people love going scuba diving. Like, <laughs> I've never seen a black person scuba dive in my whole fucking life, just, ever. I've never even seen it on Instagram one time. But apparently, <laughs> according to commercials... <laughs> Black people can't stop going scuba diving. It's like the weirdest shit. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm making everybody uncomfortable here. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that we're all set in our ways, but there's things that make sense and don't make sense. Anyways, back to uh, what we were tenant. Back to what we were talking about. That got uncomfortable. Uh, go on. 
<laughs> so we we went so many different places. Where do we? Where are we right now? Are okay, we so we're, we're back to the gold. We're back into the movie. What the gold represents, the sob. We're past the twirly. Well, so that's that's basically it. Like, I mean, it's like that's kind of where the point of like this sort of stuff. Because the question becomes like when you when you get into like the cons- by now we're like in the post conspiracy age. Like right now, there's no mystery. It's like there was once upon a time. We're like, is there really a conspiracy? Is this really happening now? We're like, yeah, you know. There's so we're post conspiracy. So the question becomes now. It's like you know, well, what what's the point? So the research has to change. The experience has to change. And so one, like yeah, we can go and find like you know, in this particular example, it's like you know, we can gather like maybe insight into some other ways of like. Of, of the working of reality, maybe. But more interesting to me, and what I like to try to go and, and demonstrate and demonstrate on a real level, is like there's this strange dance like between my actual life. Like I've had this sob for 12 years, and like all of a sudden, like, you know, in real time now, this makes sense. And in the history of like when you see all of the work which I've done, and I'll give you another story right now because I think you're going to love this also, you're beginning what, – what I want to go and demonstrate is like there is a it's, – it's not separate. So on one level, what we just talked about, which was a really good like you know uh, 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 comparison is we can become completely like – so this is it. The, the, those who tra- the time travel, and I say this with quotation marks, and those who can't. The person who's watching reality through the screen is like this double sort of like disconnected from what's happening. But then the opposite of that, the opposite current, the counter current of that is when you recognize that what you're seeing in the screen is moving with your literal life. And so that sounds nuts, but I just gave you one example. Uh, Can I give you another example? Keep going. I can listen to you all day, dude. All right, all right, all right, all right. So if you go look at the other slide, um, what sheet? If you go take a look at that, and I'll t- I'll walk you through that story. Which slide? Uh, which slide? Uh, the one it? with uh, like it's kind of purple in the background, not that one. Perfect, got it. You got it. All right. So this is about this time last year. This is this time last year. So this time last year, uh, I moved, and as I said, like I do this like Gonzo conspiracy research, like my life is as much of the story as anything else. And so, like, I moved, and I moved into this house, and, like, all sorts of weird shit was happening, and cats were disappearing, and, like, and I made this, I made a house sign. I'm also an artist. If you look behind me, this is all my own artwork. That's Love all, it. like, a cut paper. Um, so I made this, like, really badass, in my opinion, badass house, like, number sign. It's number 57 is, is the house. So I was talking about 57. I was talking about all these cats and all this sort of stuff. And um, this is like January last year. And then all of a sudden, Kobe Bryant dies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then that happens, right? So Kobe Bryant dies. And I listen to uh, uh, Isaac. Isaac. Uh, uh, what's yeah. So I'm listening to. Uh, he's been on your show before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, one of Isaac's our fantastic. I love Isaac. I think the first show I've ever been on was on Isaac's show. This years ago. But so I'm listening to the show. Uh, Isaac did this whole analysis on Kobe, and he wrote all of these books on magic. Right? Did you ever listen to that research? Like, Kobe was like a a co-author of a bunch of, like, 
like preteen children's books. Yes. Children's books about how they go and they can use magic to become better athletes. What is uh, was uh, above is so below. That was a big thing. They had a tree on his uh, on the on the children's book, a, a tree. That was like alive below, but dead above, or one of the other stuff. I mean, yeah, we had a guy named Bishop Larry Gators on who just went off on like the occult symbolism involved in Kobe Bryant's death. So yeah, like there's so much stuff, and I'm like, you know, I'm in. Tr- I listen to Kobe, or I listen to Isaac, and I got like, I was like, ooh, this is like, you know, this is peaking my interest. And so this is where it piqued my interest because I remember when this happened and this has been in like my mental Rolodex for a long friggin' time. So, um, do you, do you know, do you know who John Hines is? John Does that name ring a bell to you? It does ring a bell, but I don't know what bell is being rung. So, so John Hines, have you ever had, have you ever had ketchup? Oh yeah, the Heinz, uh, the Heinz uh, dynasty, ketchup dynasty. Yeah, the, the Heinz freaking ketchup <laughs> dynasty. Exactly. So John Heinz died in the early nineties, and he died a spectacular death. Oh, dude, I hope they say that about me. He was in an airplane and it exploded midair. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not that spectacular. An airplane. I'm sorry. He was in a helicopter. He was in a helicopter that exploded midair. Really? That sucks. Right. And so if you dig a little bit deeper, you're like, wow, that's, you know, how many, you know, I mean, people die in helicopter crashes. I mean, they were, you know, I've, you know, so I go to look a little bit deeper, you know, I'm just got like this little birdie in my ear and it's like, you know, go in and, and, and look a little bit deeper. And sure enough, like, you know, John Hines, helicopter, it died. And actually I knew, I, I knew he died outside of Philadelphia. Um, and the crash was on top of a school and it was on top of a school where Kobe went to school. In Lower Marion Township, Philadelphia, wow. Pennsylvania. All right. And so then I start going down. So that like opened me up into all like I did a really, really good show, like which came out last February uh, um, on Greg Carwood's uh, uh, podcast. Yeah. Higher and, side chats. And it was like I freaking loved it. And it was all about like skull and bones and like Kobe and like Kobe's father. The reason why he moved from like Italy back to Philadelphia, because he got his first like the dad got like a, a job at like a high school. But it was like this high school named after this famous uh, Kabbalistic. It was a Jew, a private Jewish school. And the name of the school, the guys like if you research him, he was uh, like a, a, a master Kabbalist and he was best known for this magic deal with like a cow like you know kobe beef and all this sort of stuff and it all like tied back in through like john hines and number 57 and his role with like skull and bones so i went down this whole sort of thing all right and that in itself was like what i thought was a really really interesting show yeah and it was 57 and i see how the 57 goes on to it so i think that that came out like right at the end of um february and then like two weeks later Two weeks later, you know, COVID happens. Knock, knock, knock. You know, here's COVID at the door. And so we start going through that. And like what that whole sort of like talk track, which I was doing on like Kobe, you know, that kind of went away. And there was a talk, if you remember earlier, like, you know, COVID and like the Google, it equals Kobe and all this sort of stuff. But what, uh, whether that's accurate, you know, it was accurate, but like, you know, why that happened, who knows. But what we do know happened is right around like probably April, April of, of last year, a movie from, uh, I don't know, I think it was like 2013, 2014 called Contagion. Yes. The, the, the number one viewed movie on like, like Apple movie watching services, whatever they call that stuff. 
And so if you watch that, like that movie, like eerily predicts, right? Eerily predicts, you know, uh, the, the, the event and, you know, there, what's put into the consciousness, what's put into the consciousness is, um, is like, you know, this pandemic and this happens and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, the, the, the movie ends with a happy ending because they discover a vaccine. They discover a vaccine. And so in the storyline of this movie, Contagion, that, uh, you know, the, you've got like these characters where all this stuff is happening. And then uh, like, you know, the, 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 the life story. But then they're also telling the story of like the scientists who are like, figuring out the vaccine science and then there's a science who finally solves it who's like of all of our different trials this this is the one trial trial number 57 and this is the this is the uh the 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 trial or the the vaccine which will go and save the day so we go and we see contagion we got number 57 again and we got vaccines i'm like all right this is getting kind of you know it's interesting i talked about this on my instagram like i didn't go much further than that and so, like, life happens and all sorts of other stuff. I talk about, like, whatever, like, is capturing my awareness or my attention at any given time. Um, and and I, this was, like, maybe about a – this is right around, like, the uh, when I saw Tenet. I started thinking about movies again. Like, I go into to, uh, ebbs and flows of watching movies and not watching movies. And I was thinking about, about um, Contagion. And then the same week, it was uh, December 31st, and then on January 2nd, two stories came out about vaccines. The first one, if you recall, there was a pharmacist in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, and he destroyed a whole bunch of Moderna vaccines because he did he, he thought that they were bad. Yeah. Do you remember this story? Yeah. So the big number, which they kept on saying, was 57 vaccines. You could go and look. It was like that was the headline. 57 vaccines were, 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 were put out, were destroyed. And then at the same time, there's, a, there's an organization. I can't think of what it's called right now. But, like, if you want to go and if, if you've been damaged by a vaccine, you can't sue a vaccine manufacturer. Yep. They have protection under the law. But there's a large trust that you can go to a special vaccine court. And if you can prove that you were damaged, by the vaccine, you could be awarded money. And so right at the end of the year, it was announced that that same week as like that 57, um, there was the uh, the release of um, how much money was paid out in 2020 from this particular vaccine from the vaccine court. And uh, it's, it's escaping my mind what what that court is called. And it was, you know, as you could guess, it's 57 million dollars. Yeah. So you have 57, 57 vaccine, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, what is this? You know, so I've been thinking about I was. 57 was like kind of like um, fresh in my mind. It was personal because I'm living in 57. All of this began, all of this began because I had an interest in the number 57 because I moved to the house with number 57 and I had a couple cats disappear. I mean, that's a big deal. But so that's where it all begins. That's a big deal, dude. Losing your cat's a big deal, dude. Big deal. Two cats. Two cats. Two cats who are outdoor cats who don't know how to live. They disappeared. And and I'm not even going into the weirdness. I just like jumped over that to go into this story. But so and so what I came to realize is uh, we talked a little bit about magic and you mentioned this earlier. You mentioned like all of the different like, you know, um, what's known as high magic. You said like, you know, the Freemasons, they practice magic and they definitely do. That's what's happening inside, you know, the craft, the craft. Um, that's what they call it. And so ceremonial magic, whether, you know, the, the normal person thinks that it's, it, it's a, it, 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 
believes in it is irrelevant. The people that kind of rule the world, or at least rule our culture, I'm not saying they rule the world, but they rule the culture. They certainly practice it. They certainly believe it. And so out of all of these types of magic, there's one type of magic which is kind of like thought of as the Rolls Royce of magic, uh, of high magic, and it's called Enochian magic. Enochian magic. Enochian magic. Are you familiar with John D, like the original 007? Yes. So yes. this is his magic. John D. So John D is known as for two things. He was 007. He used to be, a, he was the top spy master for Queen Elizabeth I. And then also he was like the father of Enochian magic. Like all of our images, which we hold in our mind of like what a wizard looks like, you know, Gandalf and all of that. It's all based upon John D. imagery. And John D. came up with this stuff called Enochian magic. And so Enochian magic, I don't practice this crap, you know, but, 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 but to the practitioner, it's like very, very complex, and it's all these like really important um, uh, 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 chants and, and keys. They're called keys, and um, there's specific like tables which need to be built. And the most experienced Enochian magic of all time is supposedly Aleister Crowley. Like he's like the 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 the, the bee's knees of Enochian magic. I'll fight him for yeah. charity. I, if he was alive, I'd fight that dude for charity. For charity. For charity. <laughs> so, so here's where it gets interesting. So Enochian magic, Enochian magic is about this. So like I do have a magical perspective of reality. And what I mean by that is I think of reality that there are invisible forces. And this is a truth. We know this. There are invisible forces. But I think those forces go on more than what they teach us about in our science class. But that and they can be interacted with as a way to experience life. So I look at magic that way, but what I do not necessarily subscribe to, and this is beyond magic, this is just be, this is my re, my look in reality. We live in a world which is based upon a slave master dynamic. You have to pay to play. You everyone is someone's slave is someone's master. It's all about dominance. Everything is about dominance. Going back to the environment to each other, and so Enochian magic is the magic of dominance. If you read about what Enochian magic is, it gives the initiated magician the ability to hold dominance over anything other than an archangel. I don't know if they're archangels. This is just what they say it is. So if you can practice Enochian magic, you are supposed to be able to make anyone or anything do as you will. Damn. And so, so Enochian magic is based upon a certain symbol. I talked about the tables. And on this table is a symbol. And it's known as the Siglium Day. And what this symbol is, is a five-pointed star surrounded by a seven-pointed star. Dude, dude, I think I've seen this fucking, I think I've seen this fucking symbol at a Tool concert. Oh, it's like getting, it's Dude, like a Jay-Z t-shirt. Like anyone who's like Aleister Crowley, anyone who's like, uh, you know, who, who plays with the occult, you know, we do whatever you want. Like, I'm not going to tell someone not to do it, but, but like, you know, yeah, this is, this is like, you know, whether that's they're right. actually using it or just wearing it on their chest. Like that's, that's its history. That's his energy. That's his foundation. I, cause I remember going, it's, it's not. It's now they didn't have the star in the middle. They had the the seven around it, but it was like 
You can see it too. It's on. It's on the thing he sent you. Oh, the one he sent me. Okay. But it's yeah. like I remember going. Okay, that's not the Jewish stuff. That's not the. That's not the star. You're not David. talking about like a pentagram, right? Yeah. No, it's not pentagram either. It is. Well, there's a pentagram in the middle, and so it's interesting you brought up. They call it the Seal of Solomon. That's not the Jewish star. The Jews stole it. The 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 um the Rothschilds when they founded Israel, they took what's known as the Seal of Solomon, and they're like, this is this is this is the symbol. This is the symbol. Um, it's much much older than than Judaism, and uh, it's a six pointed star. So you got a five pointed star, you got a six pointed star, and you got a seven point star. Uh, that is so. What the actual wow. Sigil is is that black is the black uh, the entire um, uh, circle, and I just pulled out in the white of what the five pointed and seven pointed star is. That shape which you're showing, Sam, this is embedded in that circle. That yeah, is the foundation yeah. of that circle. Damn, dude, that is some crazy shit right there. Damn. Dude. It's nothing sacred. That's a concert right there, Sam. Are any of my heroes real? Okay, I, how long? You're right. You remember that correctly. How long till you're done yeah. watching Tool? What? How long? Well, what would they have to do for dude, you to be like, yo, thing, it's over? Dude, I must say something. I have to separate the art from the artist sometimes. Yeah, okay. Tool. Fucking. I. Dude, Taxi Driver is my favorite fucking movie of all time. And John and Robert De Niro is a fucking kid diddler. Okay, fucking dude, Daryl, uh, Dan Harmon, and f- made fucking uh, uh, Rick and Morty's. And dude, I'll be damned if I won't watch that fucking show. Okay, and fucking, I uh, hey dude, I'd love to not enjoy Thriller because Michael Jackson diddled, but it's like that's a great album. And what do you want me to do? You know what's go worse? in a cave and suck myself <laughs> off for entertainment? No, you know what's worse? My homies will sit there and take pictures of me with Peaks, and we're like, we're going to make a combination and send it to Sam. And just every time I'm meeting Peaks, so they're like trying to take a picture of me. And I'm like, y'all, you guys have to stop. He's like, you can't be fucking talking about Pixagate and eating pizza. I'm like, you guys are this fucking a, assholes. Some guy just eat, texted me. He goes, dude, you just ruined Tool for me. Why'd you do that? Now it's over. It's over, dude. 57, dude. Damn. 50 fucking 7. Jesus Christ. Look at this star. All over. Can I do baseball for you, dude? Oh, I love baseball so much. Please do baseball. I love baseball, and baseball is a sport that old men enjoy. Like if you're young, (laughs) you can't get baseball. Baseball's like, come on, man. Where's the cheerleaders? Let's fucking watch somebody get hurt. And then the baseball, you're like, oh, dude, that's a good move that guy just did. Oh, that. This. uh, Okay, so get into baseball. So okay, so let's let's be clear. So baseball is beautiful. Baseball is beautiful. Um, I love watching baseball with someone who, like, gets it. Because I'll watch baseball and I'll get bored. But if I sit next to someone who understands the subtleties of baseball and he's like, this is what this means and this is what that means, like, it's suddenly, like, a completely different thing. And baseball is one of, like, like – if you like, regardless, of what there's certain sports that like, if you understand it on deeper levels of how it's played, like not like in like esoteric levels of like you know magic, but just like purely like you know how the 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 athleticism of it or, or of the strategy of the game, like uh, I love that. And baseball particularly is is an area where that happens. So if we go back through through history, like there's always been a. Uh, um, 
uh, a relationship between sport and the state. And certain times states are probably better. And when I say state, I just mean government. And certain times like governments are better than, than, than other governments, I suppose. But like, I mean, everything from like the Aztec ball game to like the, the Greeks and the Olympics, you know, there's something with sport. And and baseball, I, this has been covered by a lot of people. Is like you know, baseball is is very clearly like um, is very clearly a uh, um, like a uh, it's a it has rich Masonic tones to it, and, yeah. and it gained in popularity really after world or after the Civil War, and you know after. All of the all of the people who are living in the United States during the Civil War, like went through that tragedy, that psychological mindfuck um, of like seeing war brought to their their doorstep. Uh, like baseball was something which was real was then rolled out to the people, and it's pretty much like all the professional baseball owners. They were all like Civil War generals, or they they had like they were they were uh, significant uh, had significant roles within. Um, within baseball. But what I want to talk to you about is why the baseball hall of fame is where it is. Okay. Let's hear it, dude. I've been to the baseball hall of fame. The sad thing is I I didn't appreciate baseball then. Now I love baseball. I love baseball. After August, I like baseball. I got to get going. So baseball, like, it's like, I like again, like all, just like what you were saying before is about, um, Robert De Niro is, is like have awareness. Like you, we, we don't understand anything or what, like of what's going on, but we have greater awareness and, and, and still appreciate the art. I suppose. I don't know. You know, we live what do you make your choices, but like, don't throw baseball out with a, with a, with a baby with a bathwater. So I'm <sighs> I'm not going to go into the full Susquehanna mystery. The Susquehanna mystery is the most beautiful, strangest story of magic of them all. And it is the beginning of globalism. Why aren't you going to get into that? That's the good. I want to hear about it. We we need a, we need two hours for that. Okay, we're gonna book you. So again. I'm gonna yeah, give that's you a nice just, way to get rebooked. Good job I'm gonna, on that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you one tiny little like little tidbit, and it's gonna have to do with baseball. So so. The source location where the Susquehanna River begins is Cooperstown, New York. Right? Been there. Right. It's That's where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. And I'll, I'll throw this other thing. So the, the Susquehanna River is actually like Y-shaped. There's like a, a north branch, a west branch, and then where it empties out into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, that's actually the Chesapeake Bay. If you're familiar with the Chesapeake Bay, it's actually the Susquehanna River. It just has a different name. If you go and you look, it's the same thing. It goes from a river to what's known as a ria or a, a flooded river valley. And that flooded river valley is the Chesapeake Bay. But it's the same body of water. Like thinking it's different would be like thinking like then the Susquehanna River is thinking like your legs are different than your torso. It's all the same body, but it's a different expression. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're showing it right there. So if you go and you look, like so you got A, you go in the, on the, the North Branch, that's where you got the Baseball Hall of Fame. B, uh, if you're familiar with like Groundhog's Day, you know, that happens in a plate like the National Groundhog's Day happen, and you're like, oh, why are these guys all dressed like Masons? Well, that happens in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. That's where B is. That that happens. And then E, uh, that's that's the headquarters of NATO. And the reason why I have them highlighted on that one particular what it's uh, that one particular image is one of the things which is interesting is that all three of those places, there are national um 
there are national secular holidays that happen to fall on major occult days. Uh, the most obvious being uh, baseball or not baseball. The, the Groundhog's Day always happens February 2nd, which is also known as Imbolc, which is the midpoint between the winter's uh, solstice and the spring equinox. Um, the midpoint between the uh, summer solstice, the summer solstice and the fall equinox is basically August the 2nd, and the closest weekend to the 1st of August is always when you have the Baseball Hall of Fame um, uh, induction ceremony. That's when you, That's when it is. And, like, NATO has their, their big thing on May Day, on May 1st. These are all cold holidays, but we're going to focus right now on the Baseball Hall of Fame. So the question becomes, um, why Cooperstown? Why is, why is the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown? So in the early eight or the early 1900s, like all of the uh, um, all of the uh, the the baseball owners, they they got together under the commissioner. The commissioner's name was Mills. And they were like, hey, let's let's get to the bottom of where baseball was established. And to put that in a little bit of context, there was like baseball was becoming very popular, uh, popular pastime in America. And there was a lot of talk about like, oh, this is just a ripoff of some British game. And um, I can't think of what that British game is called. It could be cricket, dude. It's It's not crickets. It's like shooters or rounders or some game I'd never heard I think it's rounders. Yeah, I think it's rounders. Something like that. But anyway, so like there was like this, there was like a public relations uh, uh, part of like, we want to make this like a really pro-American game. Like, I mean, that's definitely part of the story. So like there was this commit, there was like this, this committee done by like the, 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 the owners of different baseball games. And the conclusion, the conclusion of this committee was that one Abner Doubleday invented baseball at Cooperstown, New York. All right. Yeah. So that's the story. So this is where it came out of it. And so really, really quickly, really, really quickly. And I want to say this is probably like the early 1900s. Really quickly, like the um, the baseball writers, they they start poking holes through the story. They're like, this is ridiculous because this is all based upon this one man's testimony. And the man whose testimony it is, uh, he's 80 years old now. And he would have been something like six years old when he's supposedly saw Abner Doubleday invent by baseball in Cooperstown. And so they're like, "Ah, I'm not really buying that, but we're going to go along with it because it's good for business. Right. And this is known in baseball as the double day myth. And the reason why double day was like, at least the surface level, why double day was selected is because double day was a bit of like a celebrity. Double day was a, um, he was a civil war hero. And he's got two things which are accredited to him. And so to, I, <laughs> when you start hearing someone get like multiple things accredited to him, like your radar should go off. You're like, there's something more to this story. They're either time traveler who are meant to go and make things happen, or they're just like a symbol oh. in which like everything is being accredited to like Ben Franklin's another example. Francis Bacon's another example of these people. But anyway, so interesting, Day, dude, interesting. Sometimes they'll take a real person and get and Give them the store. Give them a story that history yeah, knows. They turn them into a myth, right? They turn them into a myth. So Doubleday is one of those guys, and so here are the two things as it relates to the Civil War, which he is accredited for. So he is accredited for being the hero for the North during the Battle of Gettysburg. 
And so if you're not like a, a, a Civil War expert, like up until the Battle of Gettysburg, um, the South was like cleaning the North's clock. And then the Battle of Gettysburg happened, and then the North won, and then eventually, and then the tide of the war changed, and then the war, and then eventually the the North won, and the Battle of Gettysburg, um, uh, it started out that the the North was completely outnumbered, that there were like tons and tons of like all of these like Confederates up there, and 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 the guy who was in charge of all of the the uh, um, Union troops, he was shot like on the first day, and then his second in command was Doubleday, and Doubleday was able to hold off the Confederate forces for like a day or two until all of the other like uh, uh, like Union backup came, and then like a real like some other general took over, and then like eventually like they won. Uh, the 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 North was able to go and 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 win that battle, but Doubleday was the guy who like if it wasn't for him against all odds like you know he shouldn't have been able to do that but he did it so double day is like that guy yeah. all right and double day is also said to be the person who fired the first shot of the civil war at fort sumner <laughs> oh man this right? guy's like the Forrest Gump of the Civil War. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's totally. so funny. Yeah. Once you understand, like I, I got, I got a whole presentation on Forrest Gump. Like I haven't put it out yet, but you definitely because anyway. So, okay, so that's Doubleday. That's the Doubleday myth. And it's kind of accepted, like, oh, well, that's why Doubleday. And Doubleday invented baseball. Remember? Now, so Double now Day we got three baseball. things that he did. So he got these three things, right? Remember, third I wonder time if he has like, a blue ox, pattern. too. I wonder if he has a blue ox, too. <laughs> exactly. So let me tell you what, let me tell you a little bit of truth about Doubleday. So, first of all, I want to ask you are you familiar with the name? Um, Helena, I don't even know her last name, H.P. Blavatsky. No. Are you familiar with something which is known as theosophy? Theosophy. I'm not the sure. Theosophical Society. What's the name one more time? The Theosophical Society. I, I feel like I've heard that before. Now I feel dumb. You, pro- you probably have. Like, if you've gone down any of this research, you've bumped up against this. So, like, this is late 1800s. Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society, they are the birth of um, more or less the New Age. They took, they introduced Eastern thought to a Western mind in the United States and was done through something known as the Theosophical Society. Like everything with like ascended masters and like all like there was a there was a, this this huge out uh, interest within um, spiritualism. All of this stuff like came from H.P. Blavatsky. Uh, the the Theosophical Society is still around today. You decide whatever you think you want of them. Uh, they designed the meditation room in the uh, um, in the uh, uh, in the UN's headquarters. Um, uh, a lot of their work is is attributed to Alice Bailey and all of her channelings. Um, but this is the beginning, the Theosophical Society and H.P. Blavatsky, like, and very, very controversial. Um, but this is where it came from. So I'm giving you, like, context right now. So H.P. Blavatsky was the president of the United States Theosophical Society, the organization which she founded with a handful of other men. She was, like, uh, like I think she may have been an aristocrat or definitely, like, up class from Russia. And so she re- she left the United States to go um, to go to India. And so you know who replaced her? Who? As president? 
Double Our day. boy Abner Doubleday. Damn, dude. Abner Doubleday was the president of the Theosophical Society, which is, you know, at the very least, it's a magical, spiritualist, UN globalist base. And, like, I've read, like, the Theosophical Society is, like, is like how you're talking about the Freemasons and the fact that, like, uh, depending upon who you talk about, they're either the greatest or the worst. Interesting, dude. So, so, and you know who was the person who said that Abner Doubleday was the was the discovered it discovered baseball or invented baseball Cooperstown? Albert Spalding from Spal- from like Spalding Sporting Goods. Yeah, 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 guy, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who owned the Chicago Cubs. What was he? He was a huge financial supporter of the Theosophical Society. This is just a matter of record. So we've got this major Theosophical Society guy naming the former president of the Theosophical Society as the inventor of baseball at Cooperstown. All right. <sighs> Yeah, we're just getting started. We're just getting warmed oh, up. Oh shit, dude! I, I can. Right. Am I gonna still be able to watch baseball after well, this? Yeah, we don't know. So, so this is what. <laughs> so, so that happens. So that happens, and then it wasn't until like probably like twenty years later that the Baseball Hall of Fame came into it came into being. All right, and so the baseball and and. Right there in Cooperstown. Cooperstown is right in the middle of Iroquois Nation. You know, this the Iroquois Confederacy, this was like the biggest, baddest group of people living in North America uh, before the colonial times. They were they were like this is where they lived. And at the location, there's like a big lake at Cooperstown, and then it turns into a river. That's the Susquehanna River. There's something which is known as Council Rock. It's right there, right in the lake, right where it transitions into the river. You could go there. It's called Council Rock Park right there. This was a major significant place for the Iroquois Nation. For all the people who've always lived there, uh, they've known that this area is special. For whatever reason, you define special any way you want. There's a very interesting book called the Gaia Matrix, where this guy goes into like, you know, I don't know if if, if the idea of ley lines is appealing to you. Yes. I like I looked at this guy's maps. Everything he has goes through this part of the Finger Lakes. You know how Hunter Biden's got the Finger Lakes on his back? Tattooed on his back. And this is immensely significant from an energetic perspective. So anyway, let's go back to Cooperstown and let's go back to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So if you were to go to Wikipedia and read about the Baseball Hall of Fame, the way it's positioned is a local businessman as a, as kind of like a PT Barnum esque sort of like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stir up some <laughs> some some real interest here and get some out of towners coming in to to boost up our economy during the Great Depression. He came up with the idea of the Baseball Hall of Fame. Like that's kind of how it's positioned. The guy who did that, his name is. Stephen Carlton Clark. I think that's the right middle name. So he is the great grandson, maybe the grandson of the founder of the Singer Sewing Machine Company. Jeez. So we don't think about sewing machines as being particularly like, you know, like high tech equipment nowadays, but like. In the early 1800s, Game that was smartphones. That Game was like literally like, and it was a huge company. So he may not have been like the equivalent of like Sam Walton family wealthy, but he's like one of the wealthy people. Like, like they don't have to ever worry about money, you know, like billionaire, like, you know, maybe the whole family's got a billion dollars. You know, they're, they're, they're a wealthy family. 
So this is the guy who started. I'm not even going to go down his particular path. It's not it's not known. But I want to go into his grandfather because we're we're aware of this idea of within um, within elite family lines that there is seemingly like certain um, there's certain. Uh, uh, areas specific areas where they focus like whether that be banking or whether that be like military or whether that be you know uh a certain type of of academic pursuit but but there there are certainly categories and so yes this man was the inventor or was one of the founders of the singer sewing machine family in fact i don't think he was the inventor he just was like the lawyer um what he also was was a uh um was a real estate developer, okay? And so he is responsible for arguably the the most well-known uh, uh, piece of um, residential real estate within Manhattan, and that being the Dakota building. Are you familiar with what the Dakota apartment building is? John Lennon was shot outside of it, right? John Lennon was shot outside of that. The movie Rosemary's Baby Oh my God. Takes place inside of it. What is Rosemary's Baby? Rosemary's Baby is a bunch of witches. That was the tagline. They they all be witches. I think that's what it is. They all are witches. Um, where this woman is drugged and she is in a in a satanic ritual raped by the devil for the purpose of the devil to impregnate her so then this cult of devil worshipers can ra- can 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 raise and and follow underneath the the spawn of the devil if you're familiar with Aleister Crowley this is known as the moon child ritual so what they're saying is in this guy's like Dakota building, which is tied into the John Lennon CIA's uh, what so many things have happened there. But it's also tied into the Roman Polanski. He was the director of of Rosemary's Baby. And very shortly afterwards, we had the whole um, the, uh, the the Manson murders and who was murdered, who had her baby cut out was Roman Polanski's girlfriend. And that was his child that was cut out. They filmed this movie, they filmed this in in the Dakota. So now going back to his grandson, because within the family lines apparently is like real estate development amongst other things. So he comes up with this idea of the Baseball Hall of Fame. And it's tied in, it's very tied in, at least on the most basic level, to a a, um, an invisible world. And so this is what I'm going to suggest to you what what uh, um what the Baseball Hall of Fame, at least in their minds, is a representation of. So as I indicated before, like sport has always played a, an important role within the state and within the spiritual psyche of people. And baseball is very, is very obvious to be like, you know, it's got very, very obvious sexual connotations. You know, you've got this big, this big cock in your hand and they're throwing the ovum off of the hill, uh, (laughs) off of the mound. And it's all about procreation. You know, this has been talked about for, this is my idea. This is, I'm just repeating like, you know, what other people who talk about what baseball is about. And so baseball is really a, a, a ritual of life is the ritual of life. And when we have the Baseball Hall of Fame, what we're seeing is the symbolic home of the best people who have ever played life before. 
because that's what baseball is. We're not necessarily saying like, you know, the, the, the baseball players themselves are exemplary human beings, but we're saying that they are exemplary in terms of their skill set on the diamond. So when we go and we think about theosophy, theosophy is what has introduced into our collective consciousness this idea of the ascended master. And so what we actually have is we've got this hall of justice, this hall of ascended masters, of theosophical ascended masters, which they have put right at the beginning of this river, the, you know, quite possibly the Earth's oldest river, birthplace of computers, globalism, electricity, amongst other things, the Church of Latter-day Saints, and every... Every August 1st at the baseball induction ritual, we just see this this river being filled once again with all types of human energy pouring into it as the the probably the darker esoteric and occultic um, parasitic links are, you know, also sucking off that energy as well. (laughs) There's so much symbolism. There's so much into baseball. And that's and you know what's so funny about whenever something is prominent but not front and center, I always think that's the person you gotta look at, right? Think of all of the major sports. Which one tends to be in the background the most? Baseball, right? Like hockey tries hockey tries, but it's so niche, right? It's so niche. Even with fights, they barely get any any Right? And then they're like, we're going to get rid of fights. They're like, so why are we here? But (laughs) baseball is the one thing where they, all the fucking salaries just keep going up and keep going up. But they keep telling us, baseball's dying. You're like, why are the salaries half? Why is like Mike Trout the highest paid player? And if you got a kid, it's probably the best one for them to play sports. And they last longer. There's more games. They don't get hurt as much. It's just, and they get paid well, and there's no... A lot of numbers, yeah, a lot of numbers. Symbols. And, and yeah. their heads, you, you put the kids, like, uh, listen, my boys play soccer. And so, like, I'm not saying anything against soccer, but, like, soccer just teaches you to be ADHD. You put your kid <laughs> in baseball, it teaches them. It teaches them calm and discipline. Uh, here, let me show, here's some, a way which I like to differentiate sports. Those that play against a clock and those that do not. There is a deep, deep oh, symbolic man. difference. There you go. That is really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, it is. Clocks are arbitrary. Clocks are part of the system. When you are doing something, yeah, baseball is not a sport. It's a pastime. It's eternal. Yeah, dude. There's something there. I've been to a few games that felt like they were eternal. Yeah, I was about to say, baseball is the only game that lasts like kind of like forever. Like they don't just stop till someone wins. Football is pretty quick. Overtime's quick. Well, now they're killing that though. They with those rule changes for extra innings. You know where they start somebody on the base pads already. You know. Oh, oh, really? To get rid of that. Yeah, they're starting to now extra innings start with somebody on second base. Uh, but that was during. That, that's when they were trying to just speak. I think they they're going to keep doing it. They're, they're doing it in the minors, and I think they're I like. Are, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like the 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 diamond is a Freemason symbol, right? I mean, the diamond is the Freemason symbol. It's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Undoubtedly, the ruler Undoubtedly. and the uh, and the uh, whatever that is, the compass and square. Yeah, compass and square. It's the compass and square. All the numbers, like it's it's yeah, it's it's um the. There's a whole bunch of like if if you're interested in that if you just search one like um, Masonic and ba- 
in baseball, there are like a lot of really good essays. A lot of them written by by Masons. And also take a look at baseball. Baseball is very interesting because how many games do they play? But how many times are their fucking arenas empty? But yet the salaries keep going up and the salaries keep going up. It's just super interesting, dude. Do you think uh, like the, the symbols in baseball, do you think they're... Do you have an opinion on why they're placed there? Do you think that they're pulling some kind of power out of them, or are they? I've heard it suggest you know that they're part of actually like spells. Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Well, when you say symbols, like what's well, like, like like when you see like Masonic symbols in actually like the diamond, you know the shapes of things. Do you think those uh, are part of like spells uh, and and or are they more? That would make, that would make sense to me. I mean, okay. it's like. You know, it's it's a very highly the the art of geomancy of like you know kind of like um, uh, shaping the earth to to cultivate and to control natural earth energies like that's that's been a practice in humanity in like every culture like if you go and you like do any like reading in any culture you're gonna be like this is what they practice and this is what they did and this is how they did that like you know whether that be mounds right a baseball mound whether that be all sorts of different things so um undoubtedly probably baseball more than any field like i can't is there is there another sport field sport which has like a, a as unique of a field like i mean soccer football they're all kind of like rectangulars the baseball something special that's definitely geomancy yeah, cr- cricket's a little bizarre but, but i think for sure baseball is the one yeah cricket's right. just weird dude. who's doing that like whether or not this is like secondly like, you know like whether that has been a lost art i don't know i can't imagine at what point um i mean the, like the, the someone, masons are notorious for that right embedding their symbols as yeah. a, and and, and original i mean i think the the sort of the purported reason for that is kind of encoding information in buildings and and in places, but I I think like you're saying that it might be more like a almost like a spell casting. Someone's like harness uh, harvesting like power from from uh, exposing people well, to those symbols. Well, I, what, what seems to make sense to me is like you know again different levels of the game, and when I say the game, I'm talking life. People have different understanding of how you know when I said of how reality works. Like they're time travelers and they're non-time travelers. I mean, kind of silly when I say that, but there are multiple levels I think of people who understand how reality exists and is manipulated and and just like on every level there may be like you know more dubious or selfish or maybe let's just part of like moving the game forward but like there are probably some folks who are doing it for this reason and some people are doing it for that reason and it's probably and it's it's complex it's probably got multiple depending upon who the person is i like that answer by the way that acknowledging the complexity of it because too often i think we hear people come in with just completely holistic uh, systems for how the world works, you know, with all the answers, and I'm always skeptical of that. But when you, I, I really appreciate your answer there that you know it's complex and it's multifaceted. Uh, I, it's I, I everything's complex, and if you think you know anything, you know nothing. That's what you. The only thing you should know is that you know nothing, and that the people <laughs> who think they know something, I mean, at the highest yeah. levels, they know nothing. There, there's a layer high every time, uh, dude. If there's anything, this, this. Virus, if there's anything 2020 taught me, is like there's an infinite amount of layers and you don't know all the layers. 
Like we've seen that with billionaires. How many billionaires have had their businesses fucked by bigger billionaires? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like deal with it. Deal with it's it. always a bigger fish. They're always a big. Who knows when the fish? But man, when you brought up that stuff about how they're literally playing a, <clears throat> they're playing, a movie with us, and as much as Jeff Bezos create and worked his ass off, created Amazon, at some point you just don't know. Like, why is Jeff Bezos any different than Taylor Swift? How do you I mean, mean? How do you mean? In that, how much say does Jeff Bezos have in what is really going on? And how much is he just a front man for this thing that is happening? And he, like, there's just a mechanism at work. And if I call it when the puppet thinks they're a real boy, I'm a real boy, right? (laughs) And he has that real boy, I'm a real boy moment. How long is he taking? And that system just keeps fucking going. It's like that old, that, that Hicks joke about the president being pulled into a dark room, you know, as soon as he's inaugurated and... Then they roll this film of the Kennedy assassination from, from an angle, angle you've never no seen before. Seen yeah, before, yeah, right, right, exactly. It's I, I think possibly it's that if, you, if your Hart, company right? gets to a certain level, you know, the guys that actually run things pull you into a, a you know a dark room and they're like, "Listen, Jeff Bezos." Since you brought that up, do you think Trump happen. will say anything when he's done? You think there's anything? He's will going he to say drop? anything? Yeah, I think. He's I mean, no, say I mean, say, but drop anything knowledge about like that they were like the aliens there, or something. He should. Well, there say. was a talk. He was supposed to release. He was supposed to declassify some stuff related to Russia, though, and he hasn't because I've heard that his attorneys are just bound up still. They didn't have had time to go through it, which is disappointing. I was hoping to get some of that. He well, we'll see. He's got two days till. Let's see what happens. Who knows what happens? I dude. hope he gets to that. Ah, uh, but. I will tell you, like Kevin Hart, like everybody wants to be Kevin Hart, do you? Does Kevin Hart have yeah. say in everything? I mean, Johnny, you think that's a great life? You think it is? Like, no, he's way too big. Yeah, you don't want Way that. too big. You don't dude. want that. Wait, I think Rogan that's might no be life. as high as you want to get because I don't think he does any of that well, stuff. Well, Rogan's also got this incredible constitution, this ability to manage... Yeah. Stress and 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 fame. That there will be movies on that guy. Yeah. Well, like you said, like and books on him. Dave Chappelle. It was the Kevin Hart. He had to dip out. I'm out. I'm too big. I can't go to the fucking mall without but hearing. Both of them I'm have ri- some I'm weird ri- ass stories yeah. about them. Kevin Hart sn- uh, severing his spine, and then fucking six seven months later, he's doing deadlifts. You're like, okay, that's totally fucking normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about what, like. uh Remember the story? He got yeah. a car accident. He had to crawl himself back, like fucking Vietnam, back to his house to call 911. Well, yeah, and then, and but, then next thing he's like, yeah, give the me real, five more. Little. The real version of that, it should have been like Tracy Morgan, who disappeared for like two years because he couldn't talk and walk. You know? Yeah. That's how but it's supposed Kevin, to go. Kevin Hart was back like immediately. Yeah. We're living in crazy. Don't you think that's a little bit like two times is coincidence. You know, the third is a pattern. You know, no, I'm yes. with how, you. how close were those two, those accidents? Uh, let's see. Within a handful of years... Well, you know, also, dude, I'm like, sorry, but like the more you study this shit, like there is a war on black leaders. Here's one thing. What if they were, what if they were trying to kill him, but he survived that car accident? Well, do you know, Jack Black said something very interesting and he was like, they asked him if there's going to be a sequel to Jumanji. And he goes, that movie was so successful that if any of us did want to do it, they'd probably kill us and clone us and use the fucking clones. So I'm, I don't know, go. man. I'm just saying, dude, it's weird. You sever your spine and now you're fucking deadlifting. That's all I'm saying. It's just fucking weird. That's all I'm going to say. 
Jesus, Mike, you I, came. You saw you whoop some ass, bud. <laughs> yeah, can, I wanna, can I say something about Jeff Bezos for a second? Yes, for sure. So when I was talking about the Sus, I, I told you like the, the I wasn't really going to get too much in the Susquehanna River. But what I was going to get into will, would ultimately fall back to something which is called um, – uh, river goddess worship or river worship. And again, if you go and you look at like the history of all the different human families, like they all worshiped rivers. And we look at it from this like mindset of like our modern world. And we're like, oh, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. They liked it for transportation or they like to catch fish. And like undoubtedly, you know, there's probably a truth to that. But the, but the bigger truth is we just don't know. We just don't know. We don't know how they built their structures. We don't know what they did in their structures. We just don't know. But my sense is, my sense is after like, you know, I don't know, like my own experiences and my own, my own, you know, my own intuitive kind of uh, uh, direction is that there's something to this river worship. And I think it has more to do with like the unfolding of life, like where 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 that's part of like what all of these rituals were about, and the importance of like this magical. The whole Susquehanna mystery stuff is about a four hundred year magical ritual done on the oldest river on the planet. So all that being said, do you remember when like um, like one day there wasn't an Amazon.com, and then suddenly like everyone bought their books there? Like that's river magic, and it was like designed from the get go. Google, same thing, you think? Well, I mean, Google, like, not necessarily, like, is playing into, like, the river magic sort of but thing. But they play magic. I can remember very clearly. I remember, like, like asking Jeeves, and then suddenly it was like, uh-uh. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you Google. Like, I remember that change. They're like, no, this is the best search engine. Excite. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, well, why is a search engine better than another? Like, they're giving, like, I didn't Let me get into that. something real quick, because I don't want to get it all, because I want to have you back. But... I really wonder if any movement is natural. Any of them. What do you? What do you the big ones, though. Oh, You're talking okay. about the big ones. Yeah. Right? Like anything I mean, huge. like, look what's going on in this country. Look at our fucking Depends businesses what you mean by being tanked. Right? Meaning, grassroots. Like parlor. How much? How Can much? Anything is, happen at that level without being signed off on at yeah. least? At least with a fucking controlled opposition and agents provocateurs and all that shit. Getting this going. Boy, that's because, dismal, isn't it? That's just a dark thought that maybe nothing. Well, well, I, hold on, hold on. The, the, no. the, the thing is this. When I go, our businesses are dying, our friends and family are dying, our friends are killing themselves, and there's no science behind it, why hasn't any run really risen up? Why? That's the question. Yeah, there's like no MLK. There's like no one that's standing out like they would let it happen. Why? No, it's only, I mean, it's almost like a pacification spell has been cast on the country. You know? But you mm-hmm. wonder how many movements are real. How many movements are real? If Especially now that there's... Is the French Revolution the last one? I mean... Well, I mean, is that a real war? Or is that a banker's war? Yeah. Where they bank, they get these guys to fight so they can... Like how many... Like how much violence is is real natural violence and how much is it agitated violence that's what i really got that's what i really wonder man how much is it real because if there's ever a time for people in this country to rise up and push back it is right now and nobody's doing it and if you try they're not letting you like parlor parlor should have been big Parlor was gonna get, get was gonna get well, big, and then what did they do? Is that it's just like it's just like some people are just like no. I'm not even talking about parlor. I'm talking no, I know, about but... 
The system's fucked. We got to read. Nobody's doing that. And I, I, and part of me thinks that everyone's like. I think maybe even the answer is to just keep it all local. Everything local. The libertarians have that right. You know, bring government lo- make government I, local. I, make I've everything been thinking local. about that forever. Then like, I don't want to run. You only have to trust the like, people around you. Let's. I. I. I didn't vote for president. I don't want any. But dude, local shit. That's the only thing I pay attention to now. Local fucking And that's the shit. stuff they make so impossibly well, boring fine, in because California. Because that makes you know that's even more important because yep. it's impossible to find. If it's yep. easy to find, and they make it boring and the good just, shit. They, they load in all these complicated language, this needlessly sounds, complicated. This sounds weird. Do they do that at PTA meetings as well? Make them boring as fuck so you don't go, you don't care about your children's education, you don't know where the money goes, just boring. They say How do you not want to know My what, mom your was on education? the local news for PTA. I never see that. I hear Woodchuck shows up in the middle of Rose Rose, uh, Rose Bowl parade. Dude, CNN has been talking about that Capitol protest <laughs> every nonstop every day since it happened. Well, Still you know, now. well because well, according to everybody, nobody's watching CNN. But uh, so if nobody's watching, you can scream whatever you want <laughs> yeah, in yeah, an yeah. empty haunted house. Yeah, it's right? so, and uh, yeah. Anyway. But it's like I'm telling you, I tell people, man, unless you directly know who the person is. You should block all blue check marks on your social media. Block them. Instagram is great because most of them are hoes, and I love the hoes. Okay, <laughs> but outside of that, man, block all the blue check mark people because they're just there to dis- disseminate information from a higher point. Except for me, I, I disseminate Sam Triple. Please, That's what I said, if you know them, if you personally if know, you know them, them, we know like, you. You know we, Johnny. They we're know keeping you, Johnny. All right, dude, we're, we got Mike's got kids in a world. He's working on his retirement. He can't sit here all day, man. But uh, Mike, this, this, this is great. Mike, this is, uh, I got to say, right now it's early in, but you're making a run for fucking the Mount Everest of Tinfoil Hat. We for give sure. out swarmies at the end of the year, but you are on the board, brother. You are on the board. I hope I did not peak too early. No. Like, you know, <laughs> Dude, you can come back. Time you can come like, back. I know that. I was, we're going to start. Would've, start would've, a doc. Start a doc. Who's going to start a All document? Right. And we're gonna, after the show, we're not going to discuss it live. Who's on it? So feelings. Anybody on the show does wonderful. We just like there's some people who just kind of get our, our nipples hard here. Okay. <laughs> yes. And uh, one more time, Mike, please tell them where they can find you. Uh, go to SusquehannaAlchemy.com and, uh, or you can go to Susquehanna Alchemy on YouTube. I'm going to continue to do videos there for a little bit longer, I suppose, but then soon I'm just going to do them all on Subscribestar and that's on, uh, uh, Subscribestar Susquehanna Alchemy. Um, and once a week I put out like a, a different presentation, um, ranging from like analysis of, of, of my own life, of pop culture, of, of, River magic, all sorts of different sort of things. Um, and so that's pretty much where you could find that. And at the website, I also do this analysis on people's lives. I mean, we didn't talk at all about astrology. Like, I'm technically a professional astrologer. We'll get into that's all that, dude. I'm all about that action. <laughs> well, yeah, that's so I do that for people. And, and I do it a little, I do it very different. I do everything different, you know. And so it's like I do it my own way where, like, someone tells me there, I have them fill out a questionnaire of, like, all these questions. And I look at their chart. And then, like, I'm looking for patterns. I'm like, well, this is what this would imply. And this is what we're seeing. And the whole purpose of all of that is to break out of being unconscious. 
You know, that's the whole thing, in my opinion, like what you're talking, what we're talking, all of this stuff about culture and like, you know, movies and like not doing anything, not rising up, not being freaked out by seeing a dead body or emotionally moved is it has to do with being unconscious. And we have so and unconscious is we're just working without thinking. And like we want to be conscious and we want to start seeing all these different things. And we want to start like not getting hypnotized and start becoming awake so that we aren't in these other people's stories or in these dramas. So you could get that from our website. <laughs> he is <laughs> Mark Swan. Here. Thank you for having me. He is Mark Swan. He was Mike Swan. I think Mike I'm going to go. That'll be, that's going to be my mirrored site. It's going to yeah, be markswan.gov. Yeah. You, yeah, that should we'll be have your, Mark Swan on yeah. in March. Yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike Wan did great, but Mark Swan's going to come and drop some hammer yeah. on this shit. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you. Don't hang up. I want to tell you something after. Guys, thank you so much for the... Uh, coming on the show, uh, checking out the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, 2021 is uh, just really getting interesting. I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to a time where it was a normal year. I don't think that's possible right now. And uh, so just the best thing you do is get the tools to learn how to deal with the energy around you. Okay? So that's what we're going to work on this year. We're going to work on it all together. I love you, Swarm Troopers. Uh, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, uh, uh, Xavier. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hat, Tim foil hat.